We're officially live, oh, wow. episode 73, with seven-time Mr. X, Mr. Olympia, uh, Phil Heath. We got Adam Sauce, and we got Gerard Michaels, mm-hmm. a.k.a. former Boy Scout, right? Oh. Yes or no? Always and, be prepared. And by the way, he was as well for a day. Yeah. So you, you have to be a part of it if you were now in Iran. We never had Boy Scouts. I can't say Boy Scouts. It was a... Uh, very different situation to be in Boy Scouts in Iran. Yeah, and you, Scouts. you were never a part of it. Never. So we got some things to talk about with Boy Scouts. Folks, there's a lot of stuff going on today with topics. We got an $850 million settlement with tens of thousands of sexual abuse victims for Boy Scouts. We'll cover that. A Nike response to Shikari Richardson's one-month suspension for positive marijuana tests. We'll cover that. Nike is a brand of China and for China. Brand of China for China. Did we discuss this last time, Kai, or not? I think we ought to cover that because... She gave a speech on their 100-year anniversary. Did you read this speech? I did. We got it covered. On have you, CNN. Have you read this speech on what he said? No, have I'm you excited heard this to hear speech? it. Okay, we'll go through that. As well. I thought it was interesting. Joe Rogan is apparently the leader of cancel culture, according yeah. to Carlos Mencia, <laughs> yeah. which you're probably going to have some opinions on that. Both uh-huh. of you haven't been in the com- comedy world for a while. Uh, we have Iggy. Uh, uh, Zelia, a Blackfish music video scandal explained. I guess Oof. we'll see what that's all about. Why don't rich people pay cash for homes? Dustin Poitier and Conor McGregor, major, major prediction that's going to be made here that uh, you know you may or may not believe. Uh, this we'll is see not financial advice. Here. It's not. <laughs> College athletes finally are able to start making money. And then 100 and 130 nations agreed to support U.S. proposal for global minimum tax on corporations. I know that's probably not a crazy topic. For maybe you, but it is a topic I want to talk about. I got to tell you, it's a pretty big topic. This is massive, Mm. massive. I knew you would have strong opinions. Yeah, it's massive to talk about. So, anyways, how was your weekend? You know, your your weekend, your Saturday, your Fourth of July. I mean, can we just give a shout out to you? We had a great time at your house. Phil was there. That's awesome. Gerard uh, barbecue was so good. We ate it yesterday. Well, we had that, some leftovers up. yesterday. You heard about the drama. Leo crushed it with barbecue. Yeah. You heard about the drama, though. Here we go. Because Le- who's usually barbecuing at the PBD barbecues when we Leo? do this? Leo. Yeah. But then who shows up, like, coming out of the top rope? Just, I'm the meat man now. Gerard says, I'm here grilling now. Listen, the fact and Leo- this is not the first time Adam's had two men's meat in his mouth over the weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, this is... Well, I'm just speaking trying to of make Boy sure Scouts, speaking of Boy Scouts, that's two of us, Gerard. I'm just trying to make you comfortable. Yeah. You know. Gerard and Leo got into a heated meat debate over yeah. the meat steak. We all wanted our meat in Adam's mouth. It was so we just had to split the group. Who won is the question, though. Who won is the it question? Wor- it worked out well. He handled the chicken. I handled yeah. the steak. It, it was, you know. Everybody was It was ebony and ivory. All right. <laughs> Listen, if you, if you missed it, like 20 minutes prior to us going live today, Adam and Gerard had to be separated. Yeah. It was pretty ugly. Yeah. Well, thank God we got Phil. Shots <laughs> were being fired. Thank God. Adam s- took a swing, and then yeah. Gerard kicked, and then we just said, let's settle yeah, this on kicked. the podcast. He, he can't the, throw. The, he soy, can't throw the, soy man, the soy man mafia has been coming after me in the comments, so I got to, you know, I got to. You're yeah. getting it. I got to. I got to. You're getting it. Well, thank God we got so Phil here so to keep everything in by check. By the way, after last week, having met, meet Kevin on, having Kevin on with us, who's running for governor, which, by the way, if everybody's listening to this, I don't know if you know or not, I gave him. $2,500 to his campaign. Wow. Yeah, for the California under occupation. As a Democrat, he's running. I gave him $2,500 for his campaign because, uh, and him and I had a conversation together afterwards, and uh, he uh, 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 took up the challenge. And we're going to wait probably the next month or two. We may bring him back on to address mm-hmm. some of the concerns that was brought up by the audience, see how he handles it. But I think this guy's mm-hmm. got a big upside. How'd you think he did? How'd you think he did? Meet Kevin. I'll let them go first. No, but you were, you were, he was in front of you. He was watching it. He interviewed him. Listen, man. uh, Meet Kevin is very, very passionate. I'll give him that. He's very passionate. 
He wants California to succeed. He wants California to be better. But um, he's an ideologue. And this is honestly a problem I have with, with most people on the quote-unquote left today. They, uh, they think their good intentions supersede their bad ideas. Right, so the idea of what we're going to do is we're going to friendly put in, send in the national guard to kindly round up uh, the the, the un, yeah the unwanted people on our streets, and then we're going to put them in these awesome super not re-education detention camps where they're going to get the education that they need and the help that they need, and we're just going to you know because listen, man, if people that were in this situation were capable of functioning at that sort of level. Now I'm, now I'm not saying that it, it's not a noble idea. What I'm saying is is that rounding up the people you don't want and putting them into a camp has been tried before and it didn't work out yeah. well. So is the, that the only thing you took from his two-hour sit-down here? No, like that I, one thing or what, what else? What I no, because he also wants to put uh, local governments under occupation as well. So it was all negative stuff. There was nothing you agreed with. It was all I, just ideologue that I don't agree with. I think that what happens is that listen, if you're going to sit here and have a conversation Why with me about so friendly today, what is the story like? What, do you what mean? happened if, over the if, weekend? No, no, we'll if, if, you, after the show. if you want to have a conversation with me about the way yeah. you think sh things should be, and you want to be, you know. Uh, some sort of a utopian ideologue. That's fine. That's your that's your prerogative as as a person. Okay. I wish we can do X. If you're running for governor of the fourth largest economy in the freaking world, mm -hmm. and your idea is to send in the national guard and round up the people I don't want on my streets, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you have to have some pushback. And there should have, frankly, it's not about him. There should have been somebody in his camp that was like, okay, you understand how this is going to sound to anybody that believes in in the Cobra paradox at all. Like in, the problem is I don't even know if he has a camp. I think he's like kind of doing it solo. Guys, this is not like a kid. You're going like high five. Like you're doing great speaking on stage, no, this buddy. Is freaking governor. It's of the California, governor of California, right? California I think that was the dog. Problem. You, you had strong opinions I, on I, him too. I did you not? I definitely think that was the problem. And most importantly, he's the type that probably has done very well rehearsed. Mm -hmm. But when he comes into maybe like a road game. Hostile situation, and really wasn't even hostile. Which I These give were, him credit for, right? But in fairness, but to me, that's an opportunity, right? And I think he missed it because he did get uh, pushback, and kind of deflected a lot, mm -hmm. and couldn't get to the point. And I think one of the things that I've noticed, like here, when we talk about politics or business, is a running mate. People, the partnerships that he has, this guy has a ton of things going on you know, in his life, but he didn't once mention like, who would help put these people in these places? That requires a lot of funding, a lot of money. He didn't walk us through those things. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was most concerned with. And then when Pat would ask about that, it was more like, well, I don't have all the answers, but then he had all the answers. I have all the answers and I don't really, I, mm -hmm. I need the data. It, so that's where I got kind of confused as to, okay, you, you're a know-it-all, but you don't know anything Here's what right I will now. tell you about this. Here's what I would tell you about this. Roger Stone, okay. People ask me and say, why do you interview all these random people, you know, like all these mobsters, Roger Stone, former criminals, all these people, right? Because everything's about how did it get you to be thinking the way you think, right? Roger Stone is a pretty, pretty weird guy. And when he was talking, he said a few different things. He said, in life, everybody goes through three phases. He says, first phase is, who is Roger Stone? Like, meaning, who's Roger Stone? Second phase is, get me Roger Stone. Third phase is, I need somebody like Roger Stone. Fourth phase is, who's Roger Stone? <laughs> Meaning you're forgotten about, right? right. You start off with, you're for, nobody knows who you are, you're irrelevant. Then you go to, dude, this guy's amazing, I want him. Then you go to get me somebody like him that's mm -hmm. younger. Then you go to, I have no, I've never heard of him before, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. 
I don't care what anybody says, agree or disagree with this guy. The level of respect I got for people like me, Kevin, you go build a 2 million subscriber channel at 28, 29 years old and get that kind of an audience in money, real estate, making $6.2 million in a year at that age, he's absolutely crushing it. This is the biggest thing with a guy like that. I've been running sales uh, teams for a long time. The biggest thing with a guy like that at that point, sometimes when you win very early, mm. one of the hardest things for you to do is to listen to anybody. It's the hardest thing to do when you win early. When you win later after you've lost anything, everything, it's one of the best things that have happened to you. It typically ends up becoming a better person to be a leader when you lost everything in your 20s. I'm talking girl, money, fame, success. You were the main guy. You got your nose bloody. All of that, 20s and 30s, when right. it happens. Then you lead in your 40s and 50s. Now you kind of like, remember, listen, you know, everybody gets knocked out. Hey, listen, yeah, as bad as you are, everybody goes. So I think he hasn't gone through that yet, which right. is my recommendation to him was to go get nose, his nose bloody. And then the other part is you need a couple guys like them behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. yeah. You need a couple guys like them to talk to behind closed doors that's going to be like, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think that's going to work. Push back, push back, push back. And then for him to argue with you and say, no, here's why I believe in this. And he's still going to push back. And then he's going to say, you know what? No, I get the point. Kind of like yesterday watching the, you know, at the house, and you see there's pushback. Mm -hmm. And then finally he's like, yeah, okay, I agree. That's fine. I totally understand. I think there needs to be a little bit of that. We're going to see what's going to happen with him. I, I, I hope the guy's got a big upset. He doesn't slow down. And I hope this mm -hmm. doesn't discourage him to go run. Right. But uh, it is what it is. Maybe well, let, we'll let me get back. your guys' opinion on something. Because, you know, right after the podcast. Who was on? Ricky with you guys? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you popped in. Oh, no. That was the one time. Zenner. 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 Okay. Anyway. Zenner. So yeah. right after the podcast, I interviewed him. Yeah. And it was more of a financial type interview. It wasn't that. I even said we're not going to be political. All we talk is money. All we talk is money. And we did the financial interview. But I said, let me ask you something, Kevin. Respect, you came on, you know, you did your thing. Have you ever been a, a, a mayor, a, a representative, a, a dog catcher? Like, if you've never been in politics ever, mm -hmm. what makes you think a lack of experience is a good thing? Meaning, you've done real estate for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I've never done real estate. I've done finance, yeah. but I've never done real estate. That's like me saying, I think I'm going to be a realtor today and yeah. the number one realtor in the entire state. What makes you think that you can just be governor with zero experience. And I think this is what I would call the DJT, DJT effect, Donald J. Trump, is that, look, he became president with zero experience, but the guy's been in the media. The guy's been in yeah, ruffling that, feathers for 40 years. Yeah, he, and he's Trump, been in the political game exactly, on the other side. But yeah. my point is this. Trump made it acceptable for anyone to say, all right, fuck it, I'm giving it a shot, whatever it may be. Whereas I think, like Pat said, respect to getting out there and think you could do your thing, but if you have zero experience... I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Adam, that's a good point. Um, it happens more that, often, oof. buddy. Yeah, let uh, that go through your head a little bit. Anyway... Johnny Cash but right the, there. Uh, yeah, but the, you got so to cut that to, short clip. You got to cut that short clip. <laughs> to, to your, Just cut that up for me, To your credit, man, yeah, and your point, the whole time he was sitting there, and I actually yeah. said it later on in the interview, because I didn't want to hammer the guy. But I, I have been in politics, and I was I was yeah. in, in on the other side of it. People I don't know you. You literally wrote speeches for Chris Christie. Yes. Yeah. So now they do. Thank you for that. Yeah. But the <laughs> but the 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 side I'm I'm trying to say is is that the whole time, and I, I waited two hours, and then he finally went on the offensive, and I actually pointed out to him, I was like, congratulations, you finally went on the yeah. offensive. Yep. And I texted Pat afterwards because you were talking about giving, you know, he he he's, needs a little, he needs encouragement, and he, he does have a bright future. And I said, well, if he if he's going to do this. 
and he he's going to make drastic changes like that, he has to make it about the opponent. So anytime anybody, if you're ever thinking about running for politics, you get this one for free, this is the value in the tainment, all right? All he had to do at any moment, and he still didn't do it in, in the video that he did in response, he had to admit that what he was saying was outrageous, but these are outrageous times. There you go. That's all he had to do. He had to say, listen, I don't want to put California under occupation, but it's a state of emergency. Gavin Newsom screwed up so bad for so long that we have to treat this as the emergency that it is. Take it off of him, put it on Gavin Newsom. Treat it as something that's temporary in a response to bad administration that he has to come in and I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Now you have libertarians like me, Republicans like other people saying this is an overreach of government, but at least it's temporary and at least he, he, he knows that it's bad. Now, it could be BS. Every, mm-hmm. Everything that the government does that's temporary, the, the, the federal income tax was temporary measure. 100 years later, we're still here, right? So we all know that in the back of our head, and that's why we give pushback. We know that you're taking this power, and you're never giving it back. Now, the other side, who wants to hear the utopian butterflies and the hell, yeah, we're going we're gonna to heal all the homeless. We're, they've been trying to do it for 10,000 years, but I got this plan, and this plan is we're going to round them up and throw them somewhere else where you don't see them. Dude, now, the wild thing, the craziest part about this was Rudy Giuliani in the sit-down that you had with him literally said, the first thing you have to do is clean up the streets. You have to get rid of the homeless. It's the very first thing Rudy yeah. said. He said, you can you can lower, in the interview with you, he said you can lower murders by 90%, but nobody ever sees a murder, so they won't believe crime is going down unless you get rid of the graffiti and you clean up the homeless. Mm. He said, until I got rid of the squeegee guys... Nobody believed New York had a turnaround, right? So in that time, he's, he, his methodology isn't necessarily wrong. His messaging really, really is. And, and that's where That's a great team- feedback for him. That's great feedback. And by the way, knowing him, he's probably listening. Someone's going to tell him about this. Mm-hmm. He's going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he'll take that feedback. Anyways, okay, so let's get right into it with different things that we got going on. I said we start off with Nike response to Shikari Richardson's one-month suspension for positive marijuana tests. Go to page five. Of the story that came out. It's been all over the place. Uh, you know, uh, let me see this here. Okay. So, Shikari Richardson accepted a one-month suspension after testing positive for marijuana. USADA announced since the tournament, the fan-favorite athlete has apologized. Richardson, 21 minute that she used marijuana after finding out her biological mother died from a report from a reporter prior to competing in Olympic trials. Nike, the brand that sponsored Richardson, responded, we appreciate Shikari, Shikari's honesty. And accountability, and we will continue to support her through this time. The company sent a statement on June 19. Shikari punched her ticket for Tokyo Olympics with a dominant win at the U.S. Olympic track and field trials in Oregon. The athlete recorded a time of 10.86 seconds in a 100-meter race, earning a spot on her first-ever Olympic team. USADA revealed in the statement that Richardson results on June 19, which included includes her Olympic qualifying results, have been disqualified. Gerard. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, we are living in, in a bizarro time, man. We are living in the craziest times of all time where somebody who smokes weed can't compete, but a biological man can compete against women. And that's not a problem at all. That's not that's nobody. Nobody has anything to say about that, where a biological man can can go weightlift against women. No issue whatsoever. OK, but somebody smokes a little bit of weed. All right. In, in, a, in, in probably a state where it's completely legal now. And they can't represent their country. Like it, it's outrageous to me on the, le- the the levels of hypocrisy are, uh, that are in our bu- our bureaucratic systems right now are insane. They're insane to me. Now, if if you are able to run 100 meters in under 11 seconds while you're high, give you an extra medal. 
Give her a green medal. Are you kidding me? Like all, I, I don't smoke weed because I don't need any uh, motivation well, the to be lazy about and weed fat. Slows you down. Maybe yeah. it's the complete opposite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I smoke weed. I'm eating cookies. I'm not running 100 meters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, this is crazy. Well, by the way, by the way, let me ask you this. But the idea that they suspended her for a month—good, bad, bad. Okay. Grow up. Man. Why though? Why is it bad? Well, Why is it bad? What What is the What is the object of it? Is the object to be a deterrent for children? Like what? What? Why? Well, let are, me ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you a question. So you know the whole thing with Reggie Bush, how it's like now I deserve my Heisman back because of mm-hmm. what you did. Now it's legal, so you should give it back to me, right? At the time when he did it, it was illegal. I how agree. does law work? So I agree with what you. What I'm asking you is at the time when you did it, that mm-hmm. was a law you broke, right? So prohibition used to be illegal if you did it. At that time, you went right. to jail. So people finally said, listen, this is a terrible idea, man. We cannot be doing this. So is it something where you did break the law, we have to keep it, or else? Because someone in the future is going to come back and say, you let Shikari down, you know, you, you let her get away with it. What's what's wrong with what I'm doing? What's the difference between me using steroids and her use, uh, smoking marijuana? Both right. of them were illegal the at the problem, same time. The problem Thoughts? is is that she's supposed to be able to run on the relay team. And to me, it's like, well, if she can run on the relay team, why not the 100 meters? So I went on Twitter and I asked. And a lot of people said, well, it's the timing of the one-month suspension. And I thought, well, to me, that doesn't Got make it. any sense. It should be all or nothing. You know, like, she's going to do well at the relay. We already know that. But to me, she should be able to run in the 100 meters. Maybe she was just training, passing the duchy, bro. Like, that uh, was just, she was just trying to train. Old relay duchy. At, <laughs> at the end of the day, I give her mad props for actually showing accountability and actually saying why she was doing it in the first place. My biggest issue is who was in her camp prior mm-hmm. to this? There has to be some handler that says, okay, she's going through this, this, and this. You're going to be tested around this time. Like, who doesn't know the freaking testing schedule so that you can give the IOC a heads up? Mm-hmm. Hey, we have this. Is there a way that we could write an exemption because of why she was doing it? It was prescribed or whatever it yeah. is. But for them to just say, you got popped, this and that, it's like, who are handling these athletes? you got to mm-hmm. be better about this because now she's not going to be able to entertain, yeah. not be able to represent the country mm-hmm. in that event that we were all in shock over. You know her performance. No, it's even crazier. You're you're still a high level competitor. I, I competed. Everybody here knows people that competed, right? They have no problem pumping us full of drugs, mm-hmm. full of drugs, right? Like I, I played an entire season getting shots in my shoulder every. Like I couldn't. I could not. I was an all star in 2009. I could not wash my hair after the games. You're supposed to take like 100 milligrams of Celebrex a day. I was up to a thousand milligrams by freaking by by uh, by batting practice, man. I'm getting shots in my shoulder once a month, and you know my body's just shutting down. But mm-hmm. I'm playing well, and in that level, if you're not on the field, somebody's taking your job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, if she blew her hamstring out, they would have no problem whatsoever injecting her with a chemical cocktail. Like no problem whatsoever, and that would be okay. Yeah. Right, but she smokes weed, and it's like whoa, 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 then whoa, whoa, the, whoa. Then where's the person who, look, like we talk about the NBA and other athletes being able to do this now, right? Where's the person that coming up for the Olympics that says, you know what, in basketball they're not really testing for this, and I'm sure they're not testing the NBA guys that are going to be traveling for the Olympic team. I'm, I would be uh, smartest you know, thing David Stern ever did. Right. So yeah. 
Are so we, what baseball did with their testing was like, yeah, we're not doing right. That. So are we testing the NBA guys? Who, who, by the way, who suspended her? USADA suspended her, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, so yeah. it's not what the Olympics. USA, so it's not what is the American USADA and you have WADA. Those those are the two those different. Are the two, what right? do they stand for? What does USADA stand uh, for? Guys? World Anti-Doping Agency is WADA. Right. USADA and they they're supposed to yeah, handle WADA. Yeah. Now there's now what's crazy about WADA? I think that this is like one of the the lesser known things. Everybody hates on Lance Armstrong. They did retroactive testing once they found out that that. You know, the guys were, were yeah. you know, spinning the isotope their testing, isotope yeah. testing. So what people don't know, Lance Armstrong with the Livestrong, right? Yeah. He, the, the biggest cheater of all time. This guy let America down. How dare he? If, if I'm Now, I could be wrong because I'm going off the top of my head. But if I remember correctly, when they did retroactive testing on Lance Armstrong, mm-hmm. you would have had to have gone to like 27th or 28th place in the Tour de France before, or Tour de France before you found somebody who didn't have... Uh, extra levels of so you're EPO. saying the top 25 people are doing illegal they were all. shit. He, yeah. So he, he got caught. He it wasn't was, just Lance. He was juicing better than the rest yeah. of them. So here's a question, though. Does Reggie Bush deserve his Heisman back? <sighs> I don't I don't think so, no. Okay. I don't think so. Why? Well, because USC was playing under different rules than the other competition. I don't think smoking marijuana gives you an advantage over the competition. I think paying players for recruiting the best talent when your other people aren't does give you an advantage over the competition. I think that one isn't the same as the other in that regard. I, I actually agree with you about Reggie Bush. I think Reggie Bush just has to wear it. I, I don't think it's right that the players, players didn't get paid, mm. but he has to wear it. And what you're talking about goes back to, like, it's the laws of man versus the laws of nature. Yeah. This is something, this is the craziest day ever. Democrats actually get right, man. This is something that they, like, slavery was legal. It was legal. Doesn't make it moral. Right, the fact that there's people we've talked about this. This is the third time I'm I'm talking this on your podcast. The fact that there is legal weed being sold today, mm-hmm. and there are people in jail for the rest of their lives for selling weed is a moral. It, it, it's it, it, it's something that we all have to come to grips with. This is immoral. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is something that that and I don't even smoke weed. And I'm telling you, the fact that there are corporations that are making billions of dollars off of this plant, while there's other people that are going to spend the rest of their life in prison, is wrong. Yeah, to me, this is just outdated uh, uh, yeah. outdated uh, regulations that they have. The USADA needs to get together, and I bet the players are going to come up to them and say, hey, what the hell is this all about? Because if you look at what happened with NCAA, college athletes are not ready to reap the rewards of a billion-dollar NIL market overdose. Over, uh, uh, open doors is here to help, meaning... Uh, players are now getting paid. And just a couple of years ago, remember how heated the debates were with college athletes getting paid? Mm-hmm. Well, things are changing. This is a Forbes story. When Blake Lawrence co-founded an athlete marketing uh, platform, Open Doors, in 2012, the idea of college athletes turning a profit on sponsorships and endorsements was a pipe dream, outlawed by the NCAA. But Lawrence could see the opportunity, and now with laws allowing college athletes to profit from their name, images, and likeness, NIL, for the first time, set to take the take effect in seven states on July 1st. His faith is about to be rewarded. This is going to be a no-sleep July, Lawrence tells Forbes. Open Doors projects the NIL market will be worth $500 million in 2022, its first full year, before maturing to roughly a billion annually. Every founder dreams of a regulatory change that creates billion-dollar market in their space overnight. Lawrence says 32 years old. So, <laughs> by the way, props to Lawrence. In 2012, you come up with this, waiting nine years for this to become a reality from 2012. Talk about a visionary. By the way, good thing uh, 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 they, they came out with this rule, or is this a bad thing? 
them getting paid. College athletes. Bad thing paid. for the NCAA. Great thing for athletes. Great thing for commerce. Uh, do ticket prices go up? Do what? What goes? What? How are things affected? Depending I, on the sport, did, right? I, if I, I mean, it, I don't, volleyball players aren't making that loot. Well, that's the thing. Lacrosse so, players. It's all going to be football and basketball. Well, right? yeah, but, but maybe also, maybe not because you're going to look at some, you know, like Dave Portnoy's that are going to hire these. You know, hot model looking girls that are volleyball players. Okay. I mean, they could easily make a ton of money wearing certain, you know, bras and fitness yeah. attire and stuff mm-hmm. like that because they're showing a lot of skin, right? So, sex sells, as we well, all Well, the big right. thing is Title IX. How does this affect Title IX? Mm-hmm. Right? You talk the about equal opportunity sports, talk about, is that what that is? Well, it's, it's equal, it's more than equal opportunity, it's equal financing, it's, it's equal okay. payment. For you, you down here in Miami, A-Rod, I believe it was about 10 years back, A-Rod wanted to give $2.5 million to the University of Miami baseball team. And they mm-hmm. said, well, thank you, A-Rod, we have to give $1.5 million to uh, the baseball team and one and a half to the softball team. And was like, I didn't play softball. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's Title IX, you can't. And he's like, okay, you don't get the money. So, Which is such bullshit. Yeah. Because so that, that he should be able to put the money where he wants to put it, right? That's the idea, right? So so they, they Title IX started, you know, like everything else, and this literally goes back full circle to the meet Kevin. You know, the, people like to, to dismiss it as a slippery slope fallacy, fallacy. It's not, man. It is not. This is thinking your next five steps. This is sitting there saying, okay, what's happening next? There mm-hmm. are actual, you know, policy decisions that have negative effects. And when you see the negative effects, they have to retract them, but they don't because there's too much pride involved, especially when it comes to academia, especially when it comes to the, to the far leftist academia where we know everything about everything. So they get rid of sports instead of adding to them. Cheerleading costs too much money. The most expensive sport in America is cheerleading. The insurance is through the roof. These girls get hurt all the time. They get catastrophic injuries. So they get rid of cheerleading, and then because they get rid of cheerleading because it's so expensive, well, then they have to get rid of equal amount I, of people. I can see you totally being that dude on the cheerleading team, like just throwing girls up there in the outer space, basically, lifting mm. them up with one hand. I actually can see you being the one throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with Gerard and Mr. Olympia, seventh yeah. time Mr. Olympia, I feel he's holding him up. Throw my ass up there. That's fine. Yeah, does I'm it good. make does it make the athletes better? What this than being able to get paid because sometimes you know like you need adversity to actually improve right? Where, where's the motivation for them? Look, when I played ball in college, mm-hmm. I wasn't a star at all, um, but I could only imagine um, seeing some of these athletes at other schools driving into Mercedes. You know, I'm over right. here driving in a beat up Acura, you know, and that person is starting to play really well. But then next thing you know, they're like, well, what's the motivation for me to go to class? What's the motivation for me to, you know, perform? Like, you're now going to have more opportunity than the coach. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to be told what? If you're a star on but, the team. Oh, saying. 100%. Like, this, what's the trickle-down effect? Why this? are they like, going to college anyway, guys? Like, why? Like, like. Well, that's a. That's well, it's going to. I don't know how to yeah. answer that when question. It, when it, well, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. With football, right? Football, you have to wait until your third year or your 21st birthday to right. be draft eligible. Right. Why? Why? Yeah, you can tell like, Jason Pierre-Paul was going to be an NFL player when he was 17 years old. Why isn't he going into a minor well, league program? In the NBA, it's just one year, though, It's right? just one year yeah, in the but NBA, but got, even the fact it's one year in the NBA, well, it's not you even don't one think, year. You don't think that's a good idea? No, not at all. So, dude, if you're you if you're a prodigy, year old senior yeah. if, your son, if your son is a prodigy. Lawrence Taylor in the NFL? But they, they, but they wouldn't do that. You have the best coaches in the world that would be developmental. What's the reasoning behind it, Because they have backroom deals with the NCAA that they have to keep the So guess what? All of that, okay, look, here's what I wrote here. A bad idea always gets exposed. It's just period. People are eventually going to expose a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. They're going to expose it. Here, here's what I mean by it. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time, right? To, to address a couple things that you got, you said, uh, here's the first thing. 
Uh, you said uh, uh, they have to pay the price. When you were gone, you didn't have any money. You were playing uh, basketball for uh, Colorado, University of Colorado. University Denver. of Denver. University yep. of Denver. And you're, you're going out there. You're, you're majoring in engineer, and you're coming up. You're doing things. And then all of a sudden, later on, you become a bodybuilder. You don't have any money. You're like, dude, I'm trying to barely eat, and I mm-hmm. can't get paid, all this other stuff. Well, here's the thing. Does this really change anything? Meaning, were players really not getting paid? I mean, of course they were getting paid, mm. but they were getting paid illegally. Now you're getting paid legally. Meaning, marijuana is going to be has been sold for a long time, but people sold it illegally. Now they're selling it legally. Alcohol, whether you like it or not, we always had alcohol in our house in Iran. It wasn't legal. We always had it. If you came to our house, my dad had plenty of alcohol if you wanted it, but it was never legal. Second point here, with players, Bynum comes and comes into the high, uh, uh, goes from high school to the NBA, right? He, I, I don't know if he was the first or not. You had Kevin Garnett, Kobe, all these guys started coming up. Who was the first, by the way? Was Kobe the first? Was he was one high of school? the first. Darius Miles, Jonathan Garnett. No, no. Tyson Chandler. Moses I don't know. Malone? Was Garnett? Was it Moses Malone? I think from Moses high Malone. Okay, so so then check this oh, out. No, no. So so the maturity level goes, the 17, 18 year old coming in, and they get all this money into the in the NBA, right? The biggest concern for me is a lot of money, a lot of success early, and your mindset still doesn't understand how money works, which means you're going to be abused, you're going to be taken advantage of, people are going to be taking money away from you. Now, let's get away from this part. Let me go to a completely different point here that has to do with everything we're talking about. Okay, so San Francisco, Walmart, uh, not Walmart, Target, and uh, is it Walgreens? I think it's Target and Walgreens. CBS. Okay, Target and CBS. If you want to go to that story right there, this tells you everything about a bad idea, okay? Page 7 is the story on Target and uh, uh, Walgreens. Target and Walgreens close early due to thefts in California stores. This is a Fox Business story. Uh, uh, Target and uh, Walgreens are heightening security efforts in major cities across California. Amit increased theft and crime, new reports suggest. Los Angeles, Cal- uh, Sacramento, uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento marks the city's the most organized retail crime in the country. According to California Retail Associations, uh, as a result, stores have been closing early or permanently shuttering. Operations in the grocery and retail industries have also raised concerns about harsher penalties for theft. Because right now, there is no theft. You can't chase the bad guy if they come. And like, literally, there's a girl following a, following a guy who stole stuff. He's leaving and says, don't touch me. Don't touch me. He just walks out. There's, there's videos all over YouTube with people walking out. And you can't do nothing about it. Nothing about it. It's a side business right now. People are paying three 17-year-old kids saying, here, go steal as much stuff as you can. We'll pay you this much money, right? So operators in the grocery and retail industries have also raised concerns about harsher penalties for theft. A video surfaced from earlier this month showing a man stealing items in San Francisco Walgreens and leaving a store on his bike with the goods as security guards and onlookers filmed the incident. Walgreens, as a result, has also closed several stores and some security guards reportedly told not to engage with shoplifters. Let me read this again. Not to engage with shoplifters. So California thinks it's a good idea to not chase shoplifters or it's not a big deal. Let them steal the small stuff. We're not going to arrest them. Didn't we just cover this with Chicago? But, but wait a minute. Too? What happens here? Target San Francisco changed their business hours. You know from what time to what time? From 9 to 6. They close at 6. Lady says, you can't do this. This is unfair. Regular, just a regular bystander, 55-year-old lady is like mid-50s. You cannot do this. I get off work at 6 o'clock. I can't even come here and I go to work at 7 o'clock. When do you expect me to come to Target to go shopping? During lunch? I got to eat something. I don't have time to go. So the only time they can go is lunchtime while they're working. Terrible ideas will always be exposed. Watch the numbers here. Theft on rise, San Francisco. April, 1,974 cases by SFPD. 
okay? May 2605. In one month, it's an increase of 32%. Going back to what we're talking about with college athletes not getting paid, Mm -hmm. going back to Shikari Richardson's getting suspended for one month, you know, smoking marijuana, bad ideas will always be exposed by people. It starts off with, oh my gosh, by a great salesperson. Here's what we should do. Here's why. It's not this. And then, boom, the people say, nah, man, listen, even though I'm a Democrat or Republican, that's a terrible idea. You got to arrest these thieves. You got to arrest these guys because I need Walgreens and, and, and uh, Target to be open. Uh, listen, you got to pay these college athletes because I think these guys got to get paid. Look, this whole three-year thing in the NFL, you can't go in. What the hell are you doing it for? Because you're making money on the back end? I'm sorry. Now that they can get paid, now they're going to say what? In five years. Let them play at 18, 19 years old. Bad ideas, Gerard, historically, will always be exposed. Always. The majority eventually say, and by the way, here's the great things about bad ideas. You know who helps bad ideas get exposed? Craziest thing about bad ideas getting exposed. You know who typically ends up helping bad ideas being exposed? The people who supported that, uh, that bad idea. Mm. Not, not, not the people. Because they'll flip your side. Like, you that, know what? Those are the people. I don't mm-hmm. know if I was the, right on that one. The people who voted for yeah. that bad idea said, yep. yes, it's the, unfair. Why should we chase after a shoplifter? Let's face it, it's only $100. And then six months later, that's a shitty idea. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was good, but guess what? It's terrible. The right. over the yeah. over there progressive. The over there. As long as it's over there, it's a good idea. But yeah. if it comes to my neighborhood. <laughs> well, by the way, it's on both sides. Listen, yeah. as a person that's Christian myself, as a person that's a, a church going guys, I go to Sundays, I go to church. People can see me at church, they're like, you go to church? I'm like, yeah. I, said, I, I didn't see as a person that goes there. I said, dude, I'm probably one of the most rare, random Christians you'll find, but I still go to church on mm-hmm. Sundays mm-hmm. because my life is a big part of what happened there. But go to churches. 41% of Americans are Christians. 59% are not. That's your faith. Mm-hmm. You can impose your faith on everybody else. Right. I'm somebody that understands and agrees. I get it. I'm with you. But you can't also judge the other 59%. They don't go to the same denomination. They don't live by the same standards you do. You got to allow them to understand where they're such. So I think it's both sides of the aisle. There's people on both sides that typically will eventually flip and say, you know what? Uh, I, I don't think that's like military. I've been a guy that's always said, let's put a bunch of money in military. I'm a military guy. Mm-hmm. Security. We need to protect ourselves. You think we're going to fight with M16s today? You think we're mm-hmm. going to need AR? You know, you think we're going to fight? You, if the budget today, if it's 100% amount of it's being in weapons, you know how much of the budget I would flip today to go to cybersecurity training, to biowarfare mm-hmm. training, to, you know, biowarfare, what we just experienced mm-hmm. last 18 months that ruined the economy for a lot of people, made the rich become extremely wealthy and the poor got destroyed, thinking policies were good ideas that's going to help the poor, which backfired the- the- and helped Theoretically, the theoretically. Meaning, meaning what? Meaning, I don't want to get this video taken down. Theoretically, what? <laughs> the, theoretically, oh. some some may, yeah. some may I think say. Pat, what, what, finish your point. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I think ultimately what you're saying is the best way to ensure change or to make change is a lot of times is to start on the inside. So, for you, you brought up the example is if a Democrat said, "Look, I was supportive of Newsom. I was supportive of these, you know, not chasing people down." But as a Democrat or someone who supported Newsom, I just can't go for this anymore. Yeah. Or for what you see on the Republican side of things. Look, I was a MAGA guy. I supported Trump. But after January 6th, I got to speak out. The least Cheney types. I think the problem so, is, yeah. not to cut you off, but I think the problem is, is that people are so egotistical that they will... St- they know they're wrong. Yeah. How many people really raise their hand and show accountability that they were wrong? I think, Phil, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the problem, and this goes down to, I, I'm on this team and that's the team I'm sticking with. And you can't tell me anything otherwise. Or they'll just be quiet. Well, okay, I, 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 I got to give pushback on this because over time, 
it is a both sides issue. Over time, it is a both sides issue. In this moment, it's not. In this moment, businesses aren't bending over backwards. Sure. They're not bending over backwards to to fulfill to pander to some right wing ideology. They're not they're not moving in some direction. It's not some right wing direction that's moving our cities away from from uh, sanity at this moment. Listen, again, when you want to talk about Cheney, when you want to talk about Bush, mm-hmm. when you want to talk about blood for oil, you want to talk about Republicans have a lot, a lot. They want to talk about Mitch mm-hmm. McConnell selling out to China. You, they have a lot to account for. But in this moment, in particular this moment, we cannot fix what's happening in this country unless we identify it. And we can't be afraid that somebody who can't articulate an argument is going to call you fat in the comments because they disagree with you. Guys, the Democrats have made a very clear decision. And unless we say it's them, unless we say they have sprinted left, unless we say, please, I am begging you, I am begging the adults in the room to take your party back. I am begging the smart moderates to take their party back and so that Skittles doesn't think putting a white Skittle out there is somehow changing the world. Right? It's not a both sides moment. We, we, we can't just, we can't kowtow to people who are, are emotionally <laughs> devoid of an ability to say, you know what, this is wrong. Yeah, but this is, this is literally my point, is that change happens from the inside, meaning as me, as some, I'm just using me as an example, or even a meet Kevin, someone who's voted Democrat or is, is known to be a Democrat, and, I, and I'm talking to my friends as an example, because a lot of times it happens just talking like this, like how I'm not standing on a podium speaking at a, a big speech. Look, guys, you know, this fucking defund the police thing or this wokeness thing, I don't know how you feel about this. I know you voted for Biden. Or I know, like, I can't go for this, guys. I don't know. And then we're talking no. amongst friends. Yeah. Nobody is listening to the other side of the party. Like, meaning, there's a bunch of Democrats, and I'll just use it as an example, and Gerard walks in, you fucking liberal Democrats, and blah, blah, blah. They're, they're not listening to you, Absolutely. bro. Meaning, they'll listen to someone on their side. F- flipping a, Flip the switch. It has no, to come no, from the no, inside. Exactly. But that doesn't mean no, the rest nobody, of us have to sit no, here quietly until it happens. No, Touche, no, but no. just recognize that no one's going to change yeah. because you think something. Like, I, you speak about ideologues. If you're a bunch of MAGA guys sitting in a room... And some Democrats like, I don't think you guys are right. They're like, get the fuck out of here. So whatever. But if there's a Liz Cheney type or if there's someone in the Republican or even Liz somebody. Liz a war hawk, dude. Okay. She's a neocon. I'm just giving she an just example, buddy. You. I'm giving an example that if there's someone who's wearing a freaking MAGA hat that says, look, guys, you know, I'm MAGA out too. I just can't support this insurrection. Or I can't support these lies. That's when people will start listening. But again, okay. So, so ultimately, my insurrection, though, you call it an I'm insurrection. I'm just giving an example, bro. You don't gotta go, wait, 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 you know, like try to take down each other. I'm saying but change happens from example. the inside. This is, this is what I'm talking about. Example right now, like you guys are talking to me, the person who can't raise their argument but raises their voice or raises their emotions loses. I think we have to come down to actually having that sit down and being like, okay, here's the rule. Because like where I grew up, my parents encouraged debate. And sometimes, you know, we're being a black household, you, you know, we, we raise up, we're going to debate. Yeah. But if we can't stay on topic, mm-hmm. you lose right away. The minute you start just going off and drifting into emotions and the minute you start using name calling, you're out. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to realize, like, when I watch things on right, left, whatever, the minute someone hits them with facts over feelings, Oh man, they can't handle that shit. Exactly. So like, we got to get to that point where we say, "Look, guys, like, let's stop being soft here. <laughs> Relax. It's just an exchange. Mm-hmm. The goal is to get to a solution. 
And we can agree to disagree, and I think that's the biggest thing about being an American, right? Like, you live in a country where it's okay to disagree with one another, but what is not okay is to push, 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 call you names, flip you off, all this other stuff. Oh, he's a MAGA guy, you're a Trump supporter, or you're this, or you're that. No, I'm not, man. I'm a human being with just some mm -hmm. opinions, man. I just want to be able to have a you know, way of free thought. Yeah, Can we have an exchange? It's very hard to argue with that point, Phil. It's a great point. By, by the way, here's what to think about. Okay, you, you, your point, what you said, and at your point, uh, what you said. Gerard, that's exactly why I believe bad ideas get their asses handed to them eventually by people who voted for the bad ideas. And hear me out here. Hear mm -hmm. me out with, my, with mm -hmm. the point I'm trying to make here. So, for example, here's what I have a problem with. This is what I have a problem with. Is, is I've never, if you ask Mario, Mario and I made a list the other day, what does Pat like despise? Like if you ask what does, what pisses Pat off? Mario made a list, right? Bad service at a high-end restaurant. I can't stand it. Bad service at Applebee's, I totally accept it. Bad, bad service at McDonald's, it's acceptable, it's totally fine. Bad service at Chipotle, totally fine with it. Bad service at Ruth Chris, not gonna accept it. Bad service at Maestro's, that happened the other day in Fort Lauderdale, not gonna accept it. Bad service at a high-end restaurant, I'm not, I'm not gonna accept it, it's just not gonna happen. I'm not paying you $600 for three people to get bad service, just not tolerable at all, right? You got a few other things, people not showing up on time, you got all these other things that you got, right? You know what's one of them? That I cannot stand, Gerard. I can't stand manipulation. I, when my parents were getting a divorce, I talked about this a handful of times, when my parents were getting a divorce, I love my mom, I love my dad. When I would go to my dad's side, it would talk shit about my mom. When I would go to my mom's side, it would talk shit about my dad. One time I'm on my dad's family and they would say, he's a Borosian. He's an Armenian. That's what he is. He's a Borosian. And I'm, I'm like, like my, my, other, my mother's last name is Borosian. My dad's last oh, name gotcha. is David. He's a Borosian. He's Armenian. I told my uncle at that time. I said, I swear to God, you have to realize, there's three people that matter in my life. My mom, my dad, my sister. You're a byproduct. If it wasn't for my dad, you wouldn't matter to me. You only matter to me because you're my dad's brother. That's it. If you call out my mom, you'll never see me again. It's a very simple thing. And I told my mom's side the same. If you talk trash about my dad, you'll never see me again. It, that's a simple system. Mm. Because I couldn't stand how these two families behind closed doors destroyed a marriage is what they did. I mm. saw manipulation. I cannot stand manipulation. So, for example, we need to defund the police. We need to defund the police. We need to defund the police. The defund the police was always a Republican idea. No, it wasn't. You came up with it. But you realize that idea backfired on you. Now you want to manipulate? That's what I have a problem yeah. with. Yeah. It's instead, gaslighting. Instead, yeah. Gaslight, exactly. It's gaslighting. Instead, yeah. I, would, I would much rather have, last week when I was speaking to Gad the, uh, Saad, right, the, the, who's absolutely the Godfather, man. unbelievable conversation. That's what I have a problem with. But for me, look at you yourself. Go, if there's one of the best inventories you can take of yourself is the following. Is go back and study yourself and go moments where certain truths to you were absolute that were shaken, documented. What caused you being shaken by that, uh, that idea? Whatever it was. It could be God. It could be parenting. It could be marriage. It could be taxes. It could be hard work. It could, it could be advancing. It could be Democrats, Republican, independent, president, heroes, military, whatever it is. At one point, you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I thought like that my entire life. How the hell did I not understand, not understand this concept? More of those things need to happen, mm -hmm. and we need to openly talk about it. Yep. When I was 28 years old, I used to think like this, but here's what happened. Story about capitalism. Best story about capitalism. One of my guys in the company, we're in, uh, uh, I don't know where we are. We're about to go to Aruba tomorrow. I'm talking a couple, couple hundred guys tomorrow to Aruba, but we're in somewhere. I don't know. We're in Dubai or somewhere. And I'm sitting down with one of my guys who's debating me about the concept of socialism. 
Okay, he says, socialism this, socialism that. Why are you so critical of socialism? And we're on the beach. I'm debating him, his wife, and there's like eight people around. And I said, no problem. It's all good, buddy. You're fine. You're right. Socialism is a good concept. Fast forward six months later. He ends up getting like a $10,000 check from me, some number, the number was. I said, hey, man, I got some great news for you, bro. Like, massive news. <laughs> this is what's that. I said, dude, you got a $10,000 bonus check. No way, Pat. Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, dude, you freaking crushed it, $10,000. Dude, that's so freaking awesome. I said, and bro, I have to tell you, from having spent the last eight years with you, I've not met anybody that's as noble and as giving as you. Oh, thanks, Pat. You know you know how it is. You know, it just <laughs> means a lot. To, I said, you know what I'm doing to you? Here's what I'm doing to you. And I'm going to make an example of this because I think everybody needs to know how big of a noble human being you are. Good guy. You know what I'm doing with the, uh, the $10,000 what? I'm giving your top 20 agents $500 a piece instead of giving you all the 10000 because I think that's the way we got to do it. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? I said, dude, that's, that, what are you talking about, bro? Uh -huh. They did it. You didn't do it. You didn't build this thing by yourself. Your agency built this by. You didn't do it. So I think instead of giving you the 10 grand, let's give 500 to the top. No, that's on. He raises his voice. And I let him go. And I have him on speaker. I'm just enjoying. I'm salivating here, <laughs> yeah. right? You set him up he for failure. He's right? got an on mute. Set him up. And then you know what I said at the end? I said, you know what? You are right. You earned the $10,000. You believe in capitalism, not socialism. I do as well. Silence. He says, Pat, I get your point. Here's your 10 grand, bro. Maybe the next time you think you're a socialist, don't forget how you act like a capitalist <laughs> because you busted the ass for this bonus. You know, I never thought about it that way before. The conversation about socialism, I mean, yeah. he, he still votes left, but the concept of socialism as a noble concept is out of his mind. Yeah. Right. That's happened to me and my family many, many times. These are the moments where we realize bad ideas eventually, time is bad ideas' worst enemy. How did you see him change after that incident? He, he looked at capitalism in a completely different way. He sent me a book one time called uh, Capitalism and Slavery, uh, and we were going back. I mean, by the way, one of my best friends in the world today, this is a guy that I love talking to. I, you know, yeah. his sons are like my nephews. They text me. We talk to each other. They just graduated from big universities. I think it's Howard, whatever the big universities in Atlanta are, the big ones. They mm -hmm. went to the – these are ridiculous parents. Morehead. Hardworking yeah. parents. Yeah, that, exactly. Morehead. Grew up in Compton, this guy. He grows up in Compton, comes out of Compton as a single mother, is the only thing he has in drugs, gangs, ends up becoming a doctor. He becomes a doctor, youngest principal in San Bernardino Valley. Are you talking Plays about the Dr. Odds. Dre right now? No, I'm not talking about Dre. <laughs> he honest but if you're straight talking out of about Compton. That. The, the, point, the point I'm talking to you about is live a long time. Just yeah. keep living. Believe me, many of your bad ideas are going to be exposed. I've experienced this personally. Okay, I don't disagree with you that they're going to yeah. get exposed. I am losing faith, or I have lost faith, in the willingness of the public to force our bureaucracy to change the bad ideas. I just lived through 18 months of getting nonstop gaslit about trust the science, trust the science. And as the science became yeah. more and more and more clear that this was trust the propaganda, trust the propaganda, people doubled down. Confirmation right? bias. Confirmation. And, and it was also, bias. let's just call it what it was. It was an addiction to control. They became addicted to the power. They became addicted to the control. And it's, it's a learning moment and it's a teaching moment because this is so effective. This is not the last time this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. This is not the last time this is going to happen. Have they realized that they can actually go from one side to the other side? I think that's what we're talking about with the whole you know, socialist and capitalist story is that it's okay. To change, you mean? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. You know, I think it's important you know, that people recognize just the data, the facts, and just stick with that and say, you know what? I used to think this way. Now I don't. 
and I'm good. No matter what, I'm still good about this. I might change a year from now, back, but I have that right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we have to empower people to actually know that they have the permission to choose. Pr principles used to be something like that people choose. were, like you, if you were a man of principle mm -hmm. and the times changed, that was actually a virtue. That's like, you know what I'm saying? That's like, like your favorite uh, wrestler becoming the heel, yeah, right? You heel still, turn? Sometimes you didn't like them, mm -hmm. but then you realize like, I don't have to, I don't have to. And then he comes back and you're like, yay. Okay, cool. It's like uh, LeBron goes from Cleveland to Miami. People were like, man, I used to love this guy. And then he comes mm -hmm. back, oh, I love him again. You have the right to choose. Well, and it's okay. Here, here's, here's my thoughts on what you're saying, Gerard. Did you want to finish your thought yeah, with well, that? Well, the thing is, I think what bothers me is exactly what he's saying. Yeah. It's that principle, right? Because there was a time when the Democrat was the person that was going after the, the, the judgmental Christian right and was free speech yeah. absolutist, was the person that was no blood for oil, that said, you, you know, the, the profiteering off of a tragedy of 9-11 to then get us into a, a trillion dollar boondoggle in the Middle East, they were, they were the tip of the spear on what was good, moral, and just. And now they are. Today's Democrat is the Christian conservative of my youth. They cancel people, they're judgmental, they use their their pseudo-religion as as a reason to exclude people, right? There's a very clear in mm -hmm. and out, you know, there, there's very clear uh, being of the membership has its perks, you know, if you want to get on TV, you got to be one of us, you know, membership has its perks. There's no principle. Well, this goes back to Pat saying the bad ideas will get exposed. But and get those exposed, bad exposed, what changes? See, if we all, we know that this is wrong, we're talking about it that it's wrong, they know that it's wrong, and still $3 no, trillion dollars no. just got changed yeah, over. But, but you, you have to realize, first, first of all, there, there's, a, there's a few things where you're right, the breaking point hasn't hit yet mm. for people to finally say, and sometimes, I know this is going to sound strange, sometimes you need, as a human being, a massive setback. You just do. Sometimes, look, the way, the way this... this God, creator, whatever you want to call it, uh, created the system. T take a look at the system. So you're born, you're growing up, you admire your parents, then you're like, dude, stop telling me what to do, man, leave me alone. And then you're 16, 17 years old, you're embarrassed about being around your parents because it's really bothering you, and you're like, don't tell me anything to do. And then you grow up, you get married, then you have kids. Then when you have kids, you're like, dude, dad, can you guys come around because I want you to be around the kids, I need your help. And like, oh, now you need me? Yes. And then... They come around your kids, and then your kids are like, Daddy, I love you, but they, and you know, you know what you're talking about, and the kids go and become closer to grandparents, and then all of a sudden, somebody dies. And then you say, man, I, I miss. And then, and then, boom, you continue, like, okay, man, and you go, and you get fired, you lose a job, you go through an earthquake, you go through a war, you go through this, you go through losing everything. It's like perspective, 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 perspective. Then you get humbled, 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 and then you pass that wisdom down, hopefully the right people listen. This is a cycle that's been going on for a very, very long time. The system, every once in a while, we don't just need a shakeup. We need an ass whooping. You ever heard somebody that's so arrogant where you say, dude, that guy just needs to get knocked out already. Yes. Like, like, you know, what, what, who said this on Twitter the other day? Oh, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson said this the other day. Mike Tyson, you know, some of you guys on Twitter, you know, if you talk to me like you talk to me to my face like that, you know what I would do to you? Some of you on Twitter need to get slapped, you know, yeah. knocked up, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that, we need that as a nation sometimes. You need that as a community sometimes. But I'm telling you right now, I don't think people are not rising up. What I do think the challenge is, when you do have an argument that you want to make is the following. Here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Went to acting school years ago, 
And in acting school, I'm sitting with this guy, and he says, I want you to say I love you 50 different times. You've probably done this before when you go to acting school. And he says, okay, I'm going to say what? I want you to say I love you 50 different times. I'm like, shoot, how do you say it? Here we go. I love you. I'm having a hard time looking at you yeah, saying yeah, I love yeah. you. I'm looking you right in the eye. I love you, Adam. I love you, too. I love you a lot. You too. So you go through, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. This is what Cherie was right? talking about. So you're going back and forth, and then eventually like, man, I can really say them 50 different times. Well, if you tell somebody, you're a piece of shit. Dude, you're a piece of shit. You know, it's, so the, the method of communication mm-hmm. to convert needs to improve. Tone? Yes. Because it, yeah. the, not necessarily tone. I don't mind enthusiasm and, and fire and, you know, you look at some of the greatest influencers, they had a lot of passion. I don't mind Obama getting up on stage and talking about, I don't care if you're green, black, red, brown, Gay, straight, military. We need to come. I, like, I don't mind that. Like, when I see an orator on stage going up, right? But if you talk to me like I'm an idiot, I'm not converting. Right. I'm shutting down. Yeah. I think the delivery. This is why any generation that's ever had somebody that had the biggest converter, they had a certain method of converting people. That is the key, fundamental key of converting folks. And I bet, I bet on every generation having a handful of heroes that rise up, that fight. And it eventually the best idea wins. It's just what's happened historically. It, it, America right now is a democracy, okay? We can debate and have discourse and go back. And you can say whatever you want to say with raising taxes. You think anybody, the whole 94% raising taxes, did it really work permanently? No. Look what happened to the raising of taxes. You think this raising the debt constantly the way they're doing it is a permanent thing? You think that's going to work permanently? You don't think we're going to pay a price for this? That's the anxiety that people have, though, Pat. Because, I mean, this is our one life. It's going to happen. They're playing games with our life. It's going to happen. But, bro, you're saying this is our life, right? Mm -hmm. This is our life. Okay, this is our life. Go back to 80 years prior to you and I. Go go to 20s. That's their life. How shitty was the 20s? Mm -hmm. How shitty was the 40s? Mm-hmm. Go to the 30s are the worst. Go, but but go to the 1860s. Oh, the, yeah. 40, the 40s were pretty bad. Yeah, but but what That's I'm true. saying, go to the 1860s. Go to the 1700s. Go to the 1600s. Yeah. What I'm trying to do, dude. Your words two weeks ago. Freaking, we're living in the greatest times yes. of all time. We just are the most spoiled brats we've ever been in the history of mankind. And this message we give our kids, like, you know, do you realize? What your daddy used to do. It's like, oh my gosh, you lived such a rough life. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, only if you know what kind of a life my dad lived. Like that's yeah, right. only if you know how I love her my grandpa. And then right. you go back and forth. Maybe we're the ones that's a little bit too pansy. Well, well know, we don't show gratitude thing. enough. And I think that's the biggest issue. And, and a lot of parents are soft, you know, and they just don't know how to communicate. You know, like they don't have to talk about their own stuff. They, for instance, you know, I went to the University of Denver, tons of rich kids, tons. Mm-hmm. One of my good friends, he played hockey there. His dad owns like one of the largest dealerships in all of Canada. You know what he used to tell me? He goes, you know what, Phil, what's great is that uh, I know I'm rich. I know I am. But I work my butt off. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have anything. And he really does. A lot of kids say that shit, but they don't. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that he says, like, I don't have a rough life. Okay? I had a great head start. But my grandfather, holy smokes, did right. that guy have it rough. And he was able to teach a lot of things to my father who taught me. And and I think that's where we need to be because, I mean, I don't have kids. But if I were, I'm not going to sit here and tell them, like, they, you know, like, 
I had the roughest life. I'll say that yeah. my mom did, my dad did. Those are those things. And those are the lessons that I learned from them. And I'm teaching you like, hey, be in gratitude for what you have so that you don't repeat mistakes that we have made. So there's a guy, uh, Pat, I know you're a fan of him. His name is Brett Weinstein. He has a podcast called The Dark Horse Podcast. Uh, and great, great, great uh, We were talking about it last night. Great podcast yeah. with, with his wife, Heather. Um, you know, it, it's a little long and it's very academic. It, it's But it, it's they, they talk about some really high-level concepts. It's really cool. And he's an evolutionary biologist. So the reasoning behind this is essentially what he considers evolutionary lag. We have gotten so complex and so connected so fast that like our neurological system hasn't been able to catch up. We still look at the TV and our mind sees it as a window to the outside world. Like we're literally looking outside the window. So if all we're ever watching and if all we're ever seeing is the barbarians at the gates, well then we're constantly gonna have the anxiety. Now the other side of it is, when something's good outside, you just take a look and you're like, all right, everything's good, and then you go about your business. But when you start seeing the dark clouds come out and you start saying, oh man, I gotta prep for this, I gotta do yeah, this, how do yeah. I move? That's how we capture attention. So we're, con we're in evolutionary lag. And, and this is something maybe, and this is kind of to your point about the patience. And, and you're a little, you're a little bit older than me, so you can have a little bit more of that perspective for sure. But it's the give it time, everything's going to be okay. I'm kind of in this idea of looking at this now, like we better nip this in the bud. We better nip this in the bud, man. We better nip this totalitarian oh, crap in the bud. Dude. Otherwise, I'm, we, so my anxiety is about keep it. Yeah. No, you keep it like that. No, but listen, you're, you're talking about one, one of the most. Yeah, I'm a pretty paranoid guy when it comes down to a lot of things. Like every time, like just see where I sit when we go to restaurants, my behavior, mm -hmm. certain things. Don't you, I'm fully on the same page there. I plan on doing my part the next 20 to 40 years. I had an interesting call with a guy yesterday who's asking me about what's going on with Iran and the new guy that's the leader of Iran, you know, who's an absolute murderer, killer. What do you think about what's going on with Iran and all these different 25-year deals with China? I said, listen, I'm going to do my part, but it's going to take 20 to 40 years. Because I'm going to take my kids to Iran. I'm going to show them the Khiavan Hojat, where I, I want to show them Jam Hospital. I'm going to show them Gulbengian School, where I went to. I'm going to show them Esfahan, which is the only trip I went to on a trip with my family. I'm going to show them Abadan. I'm going to show them Sinamad Rex, where the fire. I'm going to show my kids that. It's going to happen before this guy dies, God willing, right? That's a 20 to a 40 year plan. You, we ain't going to be able to do anything to Iran for the next five years. Mm. It's 20 to 40 years to Turkey, do Turkey, Syria, yeah. And we're going to do our part. But at the same time, delivery perspective, knowing the fact that people like you are always going to be around. Fighters in every generation, you cannot change Churchill. You cannot change a person that's a dog fight, crazy, insane, willing to stand up against anybody. You cannot change people like that. They don't know any other way. You can't tell them to say, dude, just kick back. That does, it's, they're not wired that way. All I'm saying is delivery, messaging, converting, coming from a place where we convert. If we're only talking to our base to go find our base, then you're a marketer. You're not a true believer. I don't know if that made sense or not. Mm -hmm. Because I can go out there and say certain, you know Pre how many people. Preaching to the converted. Yeah, yeah, do you realize how many people message me and they say, I can't, I stopped following your podcast the moment you said what you said about Trump and all this. I'm like, okay, great. You know how many people tell me I can't stand your podcast because you're a Trump supporter? I'm like, dude, you guys are all confused, by the way. You, I, so, so if I wanted to only get a base, I could have gone in that direction. Mm -hmm. The direction we're going is, dude, let's, let's talk openly. Let's have a discourse. That's let's right. realize what we got going on. Let's bring people from different. You want to debate? You want Let's go. But yeah. afterwards, what people don't see is you guys are having cigars to get a kick and back, having a good time, having a oh, drink. Yeah. Yep. You guys going to... A, a uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 karaoke. karaoke. Boys, this guy oh, crushes it in karaoke, by the way. Yeah. Adam, uh, what was, Adam saying? What I want to know what love is. We, it, we, what's, I want, you saying what? Pat, no, I no, love no, you. no, 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 no. Adam saying. Uh, <laughs> 
What was that one song I'm back in the I'm all out of love. There it is. I'm so lost without there you. Go. I don't know why Me you don't do Gerard karaoke. Do it a do Dude, yeah. I love the soy man. The so Me and the soy man have great yeah. conversations. He's a legend, man. by the way. He's he a is. legend. He's, and, he, and he's a man's man. Dude, what I appreciate about you is that you genuinely do like America. You genuinely do love America. You, you, you are the Democrat I grew up with. If every I'm a JFK, Bill Clinton Democrat. Yeah, if everybody was yeah. like that, man, I'd be a okay with it. I don't not AOC like, with I'd it. I'd not no. be AOC with I it. I agree with you on but that. But this is the thing: AO, that's that AOC is part of the the Justice Democrat problem, and it's, it's yeah. this is again maybe it's because I, I've I've been behind the curtain, so I see behind it, right? So again, I've my, seen how the sausage is. Made. I've seen how the sausage is made. These, Phil wouldn't let me even eat a hot dog this weekend. <laughs> He's like, ah, I've seen how these hot dogs. I don't eat that shit. Yeah, I threw dude. mine out. So they're, they're going to primary moderates. Joe mm -hmm. Manchin's going to get primaried. I bet you. And now Joe Manchin, again, I've said it to you, and I'll say it again. Joe Manchin has held this union together. Without Joe Manchin, the United States of America in 2021 does not exist. Who called Joe I Manchin? I believe that in my 18 soul. Months ago. I believe that in my soul. I really, honestly, yeah, I've been do. talking about him for. But you, you're both seeing sides people are going to get You've seen Trump. Basically, I don't think so. Trash. I, what do you I mean? It's I already happening. So. I don't think they're going to get primaried on the right. They've already really done it. Because what do you they, mean? It's already happened. The smartest thing the right's done in 20 years is shut up. They, they've shut up. They have. If you see what they're doing now, they are just being quiet and letting the infighting happen over there. And, I, and that tells you how bad their ideas have been for so long that they're getting the most traction they've gotten in a generation by saying nothing. When that's did that, that start? When did they start saying nothing? About 12 months ago. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard them be pretty vocal for the last. By the way, here's a guy, uh, Bishman, just gave ten bucks and he said, "PPD, you are right about delivery. I voted for Obama, Bernie in sixteen, twenty for Biden, but I agree with points and philosophy. I can admit, you pushed me to the center a cup on couple of issues. That's what this yeah. podcast is all about. We Do like, they we like admit it publicly though? He just did. He gave ten bucks for it and he admitted it publicly. Well, well that, behind, yeah. behind the Twitter, but, but goes back to what but you were the, saying. At before. the end of the day, it comes down to not. Being black or white, it's there's gray areas. You got to be fluid. Your things are changing. Phil gave a poignant um, response that's, that's about. That's a good segue in the Azalea, by the way. Okay, <laughs> Phil gave a poignant response about being open to hearing what's out there and and, and evolving. I mean, you were talking about that. I think it's ago. important because if you have a willingness to learn new things, that's what you have right. to do. You know, it's, it, in my world, it would be like uh, you know different training disciplines or even different diets. Mm -hmm. But if you sit in the center and you just hear both sides. You should want to hear both sides. Mm -hmm. Then you can make an educated decision for you and be okay. Like, but guys, I mean, we gotta be honest though. There's a reason why we don't hear both sides because when people on the left say anything about the left, they get killed. They get killed in the media. And, and I'm sorry. They get canceled. They get canceled. Well, people on the so left say about what? Anybody that's that's on the the elite left, that Hollywood elite, with that. if they ever say that's anything, right. that's, they yeah. get killed. No. So my thing is, guys, I know you. I, I'm sounding like you know Johnny Right Wing over here. I'm just trying to be on. Like we can't be honest about what's going on in the country. We have to call it what it is. We we have to say. There's no question about that. There's no question about that, Jerome. Johnny Wright. No, no, no. no. Like, every time I Johnny Cash. Like, Johnny, Johnny Wright. Right Let's transition into this. Born here's, named Sue. Here's another terrible idea that I hope people will figure out why this is a terrible idea. 130 nations agreed to support U.S. proposal for global minimum tax on corporations. Okay, if you want to go to page eight. Uh, here we go. 
Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen announced Thursday that a group of 130 nations has agreed to global minimum tax on corporations part of a broader agreement to overhaul international tax rules. Yellen did not announce the actual rate at which the GMT would be international tax would be set, but the Biden administration has pushed, pushed for at least 15%. If widely enacted, the GMT would effectively end the practice of global corporations seeking out low tax jurisdictions like Ireland and British Virgin Islands to move their headquarters to even though their customers, operations, and executives are located elsewhere, the GMT agreement representative, a key part of the what Biden, uh, President Joe Biden has called a foreign policy for middle class, right? 130 nations. Out of the 130 nations, France is one of them, China's another one, India's another one. Okay, so you got, you got superpowers. It's not like you don't have anybody. Why is this a terrible idea? Can I'm I give you my thoughts, yeah. and I'm going to come to you next. Here's I actually wanted to tee you up and see if I'm right. Go for it. As for you, because I know ahead. you have very strong feelings on Tell this. Tell me. The one thing I wrote about this was this is anti-capitalism and limiting competition. Is, is that where you're going? Is that so, so here's, here's, uh, uh, here's why I don't like this idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, Here's why I don't like this idea. I've lived in uh, uh, many different places. I lived in Iran 10 years, 2 years, Germany, California 24 years, 22 years, Tennessee, Kentucky, Dallas 5 years, now Florida 5 months, going on to 6 months, right? Okay, so for me, if you live in a city... You live in an apartment complex or community you're living, you don't like, what can you do? Go vote, vote with change your, your zip code. Yep. Mm -hmm. You go to a different zip code, okay? If you don't like the city you're living in, what can you do? Go to another city. Vote with your feet. If you don't like the region you're living in, what can you do? Go to if you don't like the state you live in, where can you go? Yeah. To another Three state. Guys, if I'm you don't out. like a certain East Coast, West Coast, weather you don't like, you can yeah. go to a different place. But it's different in a country. You're but saying. if you yeah have a problem with a country, you can go to a different country. If they do this, you can't. Mm. Because there is no more competition. What this does, the only time you come up with something like this is when you're worried about somebody passing you up. The only time you come up with something like this is when you're worried about somebody passing you up. Now, China says, I'm in. Do you actually think China's going to follow the rules? Hell no. What do you mean China's in? Oh, yeah, we're in. As if we're going to listen yeah, to guys, what going to tell us. We're 100% in, right? No, I have a problem because the, the healthy aspect of holding people accountable is absolute competition. Gerard said something very interesting the other day when he came down to sports. He says, I think every sport needs competition. NBA doesn't have competition. MLB doesn't have competition. NHL doesn't have competition. NFL doesn't have competition. I said, but aren't they each other's competition? He said, yes, but also no, right? Because in UFC, if I want to go UFC and they keep picking up everybody, pride, whatever it's out there. How the hell can I go out there and compete? You got Jake Paul trying to defend a fighter that's saying, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of you here. You know, come Francis in. Ngannou, who just, got, who just won the uh, heavyweight title. They that's stripped that's pretty two weeks later. That's pretty massive to see some of these situations that are taking place. So the fighters are sitting there saying, I'm not getting paid the kind of money I need to get paid. Now they're getting exposed. And we were talking about Portier against uh, uh, Conor. McGregor, yeah. And I, I made my recommendation. This is a part three of fighting. I think, I think if there's ever been a time where a guy, like, if all the mobsters hypothetically of America, purely hypothetical, if if the mobsters exist, I mean, there's no such a thing, but let's just say if there was such a thing as a mob, <laughs> we know it doesn't exist, it's just uh, in movies. Correct. But if there's such a thing as the mob, if there's ever been a time to call somebody to take a dive for a couple million dollars, probably a good time to do it right now. Yeah. If somebody's going to call, and I'm not saying it's going to, I'm not even putting the idea out there. No. All I'm saying is, you just did, if Pat. Dustin gets a call and says, hey, five million bucks, just take a dive, okay? Why? 
Who do you think Dana wants to see the fight? The hundred million dollar man. Hell yeah, McGregor. Yeah. Nobody wants to see Poirier fight Khabib no. or GSP or any no. of that. But can you imagine a Khabib reunion mm -hmm. against Connor who comes back? Can you imagine Connor against GSP? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if that takes place, mm -hmm. right? And the part we went to when we were talking about uh, um, how Dana's uh, doing what he's doing, where you can't take fights or any sponsorships that you do, they have to they have to be only what you were talking about. They have to go through the UFC. It has to be the UFC sponsor. They it, can't get external money. You can't get external external sponsor. Wow. It has to be only the you ones. Can't that capitalize you. on your image. And you know you know Jeez. you know what I was going to say yesterday when I said I'm going to say today on the podcast. Here's what it is. You know who Dana doesn't want as an enemy? Same person Jeff Bezos didn't want as an enemy. Jeff Bezos is more glad, uh, more open to the idea of paying more taxes. There's one thing Bezos doesn't want: regulation. Union. Oh. Mm -hmm. do not want union. Oh. UFC will get destroyed oh my if God. union enters it. By the way, if union enters it, Dana cannot be Dana. They have to go get somebody like an Adam Silver. If mm -hmm. union enters UFC, Dana's fired. Because Dana's They'd shut it down. I don't, think th I don't think they'd even go through with it. No, they wouldn't shut it down. Are you kidding me? Any opportunity for the union people to make money, memberships, taxes? Oh, hell no. These are the most capitalistic control. No, no, I'm, ta I'm talking about, I think Zufa and Dana White, I think, they, I think they, they'd lock down the UFC. They can't do that, though. They can't do that. When you sell a company for that price and you get $3.5 billion and you got 10%, 350 you can't play those cards. You just cannot do it. You're gonna have, you have so many. They will put him in court for the rest of his life to ruin his life. He's not going to do that. He's got a great life. But if you go at bat with union, that's not a, that's that's one part that he has to realize if there's anything that he has to adjust, he has to adjust. So going back to this, mm. yeah, I'm a fan of competition and this eliminates competition. So what do you do? If I can move to another city, if I can move to another state, if I can move to a different region, if I can move to a different coast, but if I can't move to another country because everything's the same, where the hell do I go? Do I go to another planet? Yeah. Hey, Elon, kind of hurry up because I may want to consider going to a planet. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Give so, me, get, Pat, just from devil's advocate, I know we like giving different perspectives. Yeah. Give me the flip side, why this would be a good idea. Because so, so they're going to bring in tax money. The good, idea, the good idea is the fact that they don't want the offshore accounts. They don't want these smaller countries that are kind of getting the business. The islands of the world. Yeah, they don't want that. They, but, but you know what? Take that, the offshore account money. Dude, how much money is it? You know, one of the most hated presidents of all time came up with one of the best ideas of all time. The guy's name is what? What's his name? It's, it's I think a, it's Trump. Donald Trump, right? Yeah. So he as soon said, as you said hated, I knew he you were said, going with this. For a period of time, if you bring your money from offshore yeah. to here, you pay 5% taxes or 10% taxes. 10%, yeah, I Whatever. believe. Yeah. Hey, you bring your $22 billion, pay $2.2 billion. And how many, how many companies did it, though? Well, do you know why they did Burger it? King. Ask the question why they didn't do it. So, Pat, why didn't they do it? Because they knew eventually when the administration changes, oh. they're going to go back to the same rules and they're going to find a way to uh -huh. go back and get that money retroactively. Uh -huh. This so, is globalism, guys. Yeah. This is build back better. This is the great reset. This is what they've been telling us straight in our face. You're going to own nothing and you'll be happy. You know, they, they just took, they just did, what was it? Three and a half trillion dollars wealth transfer as soon as they, they came in. Three and a half trillion dollars. It's not enough. Now we got to go get global money. Now we got to go, go go make sure that we can tax everybody everywhere in the globe. If you're working in the world, mm -hmm. your money's our money. We own you, baby. Money is the hours of our lives. Do you think that people aren't up in arms they about this because our lives. it's but by the way, fifteen percent doesn't no, seem like a crazy no, number. No, it's, if it was forty percent. People would be freaking it's out, not right? Up in arms, bro. What up in arms? Who, who, like, honestly, let me ask you a question. Who gives a shit about this? Yeah. 
major business people who are understand about offshore accounts, the average person doesn't give a shit about. No, this. no, no. Who gives I a guarantee shit? People who? in Ireland give a Corporate. shit. Yeah. yeah. Who? I guarantee you. What actually percentage wise? What percentage of America cares about 2%. corporate taxes? No, 2%. One half of one half. Of That's 1%. the point. Yeah, I agree. So people are like, that doesn't affect me. They don't realize it they affects realize, them. Yeah. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? It doesn't affect you. Of course it affects you. The fact that listen, if every morning I wake up worried about somebody taking away my market share yesterday is 4th of July. Yesterday's 4th of July. Yesterday's 5th of July, July right? 5th, yeah. I took one day off for 5th of July. The next day I'm at the office, 4th of July. We were at the house. We we're doing what we we're doing. Yesterday I'm at the office all day here, and I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and one of the guys is like, dude, why are you at the office? I don't have a choice, buddy. I'm running multiple bi- I chose this life. That's right. Mm-hmm. I chose to run a business. If I don't, my competition is, and I have to play offense. I want our politicians to say I have the same kind of competition we have where they go to sleep worried about losing business. It's very good for taxpayers if our politicians worry every single night about business owners going to a different state, different city, different country. That only benefits taxpayers. Only benefits taxpayers. If they don't have that kind of competition to go to sleep with, they have a monopoly. Why should you have a monopoly? Then regular people, when they have a monopoly, they go to jail or they get broken apart, but you don't have a monopoly? Who are you to play by your own set of rules? No, that's not how this thing works. Right. If if you want to have a set, if you want to have a monopoly law, you, you, if you want to put it on us, put it back on yourself. Right. I mean, yeah, look. So I, if they if they're gonna do this stuff, they have to at some point. And this is us as the people. We have to force them. They gotta show their work. You gotta prove something at some point. Like we we're talking uh, with me, Kevin. He said Diane Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi both have like nine figure net worths now. Nine-figure net worths. Meanwhile, San Francisco is going to have, they're, they're saying 40% of the people in their district of San Francisco are looking to leave by 2022. They're looking at losing population in their district, and they've they've become billionaires by ruining their districts. Like, like at some point, we have to say, all right, dude, how much money does it take to run this country? If we can't run the thing on $3 billion, you're telling me we give you another $3 billion? $6 billion is going to do it. By the $6 way, billion. You know, what's it going to take You know here? what's crazy, what you just said? The story that you guys didn't want to cover, which is Elon Musk takes aim at ULA, says parent company, Lockheed, darken the skies and lobbies. You know the whole story about that? Do you know the whole story behind why there's a controversy there between these two guys going Tell at it? Yeah, the okay, mil- military industrial complex. Let me complex. read it to you, and you'll see kind of what the difference is, because that's exactly what you just said here. So... Uh, Elon Musk takes aim at ULA, says parent company Lockheed Dark in Disguise and Lobbyists. This is a Fox Business story. SpaceX founder and CEO Elon Musk is continuing his criticism of the United Launch Association for accepting government money. Musk's criticism came in on a Wednesday tweet when he responded to a comment from ULA president and CEO, CEO Tony Bruno, who suggested that ULA's uh, Vulcan Centaur rocket could compete with SpaceX's reusable rockets. Mm-hmm. ULA would be dead as a doornail without the tool launch provided DOD requirement, Musk tweeted, referencing on Air Force contract uh, called the EELV launch capability payment worth hundreds of millions of dollars per year. Musk continued, if this is not true, then you won't have a problem removing it. Your parent company, Lockheed, darkened the skies with lobbyists to ensure F-35 was single source. In 2014, uh, uh, SpaceX sued the Air Force over its contract given solely to ULA, hence Monopoly, the two yeah. entities reached a settlement in 2015. You know who helped uh, uh, help this uh, settlement be, uh, be done? John McCain. Musk's call right. out is the following. He's saying, it costs you twice as much of taxpayers' money to go to space than it costs me. Mm-hmm. Why are you spending taxpayers' money the way you are? So he's calling out. One is a private company, which yep. is who? SpaceX. Mm-hmm. The other one is a public t- company, which is what? ULA. 
This is crony capitalism. The, it's the, corruption. This is this is not only this is a perfect example of what happens if there is no competition. competition. Yeah. This is the perfect example mm-hmm. of what happens if they don't right. have competition. And Elon Musk is calling it out. Yeah. Which is needed. Of course it's needed. In every possible way it's needed. I mean, look, you know, it's interesting. You see it as crony capitalism. I see this as the, the this is the essential downfall of socialism and centralization. This is where the government picks its winners and losers, and there's no competition, and there's no market force involved. When there's no market force to say, like, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where it was like Elon Musk was the first person. He's definitely not the first person in NASA that was like, you know what, we should bring the rockets back and reuse them. Like, we got these flying buildings. Maybe don't drop them in the ocean. These things cost a lot of money. But it was just taxpayer money. They were like, ah, who needs it? Let's build another one. Pen. Yeah, dude, like, it's gone. So... He, when you're in the market, you know, when you're when you have shareholders to answer to, accountability, accountability, accountability. It's a good thing, right? Now, I'm not saying that government doesn't necessarily have a place in investing in places because capitalism has really struggled in two places specifically. They struggle in uh, research development and they struggle in art. All right, so artists, all of our artists end up being, you know, hyper-socialists and and, and, uh, communists because when they're coming up in their developmental stages, there is no market for them, and their stuff does take a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to become good at being an actor, a bodybuilder, right? How much time does it take to get your body, how much effort does it take to get your place, your your, your physical being in a place where you're like, yeah, I could be professionally good looking? Like, that takes a long time, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no money along that stretch. Right. There's nothing, there's no incentive. You're, you've got a 10-year plan where there's no way you're going to generate revenue out of what you are spending all your time, effort, you, and energy you on. Listen, Gerard, you just look, look, wait till you see what I have in mind for bodybuilders. Okay, let me put it to you this way: if 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 what I have in mind takes place over the next couple of years, two to five, ten years, we're going to create a business model for bodybuilders to make the kind of money they've never made before. They've never made before. But in order for that to happen, we got to kind of be able to have our own contest. Like, let's just say we were, if we were to run Mr. Olympia, you just kind of threw this out there, and it kind of my mind automatically went there. If we were running Mr. Olympia, what I would do to the Mr. Olympia brand, and I know this sounds a little bit too confident to say what I would do, the plans we would put in place for Mr. Olympia, bodybuilders would be sitting there saying, finally somebody flipping did it, that you gave us a platform to make money, to be appreciated, to be in movies, to have our message be out there, to be able to get sponsorships, to be able to live in place where we're making the kind of a to, to be able to have our identity change instead of just seeing a bunch of muscle heads, somebody's shown how brilliant and intelligent we are to be able to realize how technical this is. You're almost like a scientist to become a bodybuilder. It would change the game because I think bodybuilding is, is a, a business model that can really, everybody in the world looks and admires a nice six pack. Everybody in the world likes one of these when a guy flexes his Dylan sees a muscle. I said, Dylan, <laughs> Touch Phil's biceps. He touches Phil's biceps. Dylan's like, oh, my gosh, it's so thick. <laughs> yeah. Dylan says, it's like, I want muscles like that, right? Watch what we're going to do to the bodybuilding world in the next couple of years. Hey, if bodybuilders, if you're listening up, just think about it. If, you're, if you had uh, full support, management, you know, somebody that's getting you out there, getting you exposure, mm. helping you make money, creating content for you, giving you millions on top of millions of views, uh, having you to get new opportunities. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. It's just if, if that ever yeah. came across. You so know? In, in your opinion, yeah. what what is broken in the bodybuilding world that Pat, even like a, a, a businessman, a capitalist, 
who's never you know professionally competed says I can come in and do something better which is sort of the story of capitalism what is it that's broken right now what needs to be fixed direct connection meaning like um, what am I gonna get for what you were just saying these men and women I mean they put a lot of time a lot of effort and if we were to really write it down how much money and time that they put into their physique mm -hmm. they'd be so in the red the black that the, you know people would say well how are we going to sell this you must really love this shit because you're not making money from this mm -hmm. the biggest thing I, I think is the lack of opportunity for athletes to sit at the table and i think a lot of times um you know the athletes like myself for instance when the magazines were going on I think there was a lot more opportunity because, um, you know, you're getting eyeballs on you through the magazines. When the digital age came, there was really there was really no sit down with all the top athletes and saying, like, this is a platform that we're going to make for you to make money. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of you people didn't go to college. You didn't have, you know, these conversations. We were just focusing on, you know, training and dieting because that's freaking hard. But right now we're I don't at know. A, I nail dieting personally. <laughs> I think we're at a great point in time where we can have <laughs> this conversation. But I think oh, it. In order for us to, when it comes on to diet. I think we, you know, just need more dialogue of saying like, look, you're only making like, like, look, like for instance, I went to a show last weekend. I think one of the girls she placed like third in a figure competition. She only made like five hundred bucks. Five hundred. Five hundred. How much did she have to invest to, to even get to that point? Easily twenty grand in a year. Bro. Easily. So it's a horrible business. Easily. Model. So like, what is the, her motivation? What is her motivation when she comes home? Well, she made more than that on OnlyFans, dude. <laughs> right. That's a problem. And so, that's a problem. So, I mean, I, I think it's really important that we, we look at this and say, look, like, I need to invest money in these people so then they can actually do better. These are, these are people that have amazing stories. These are people that have amazing triumphant stories. And they, and they actually personal train people. They, they train people through e-books and all this other stuff. They're very influential. But it's really hard to keep them motivated and keep them locked in for the long period of time when they're not getting paid. I mean, uh, one of the girls that did the uh, Miss Olympia uh, physique competition, Shanique Grant, very young, you know, bright star. She won the Olympia a couple of times. If she was getting paid more money, she wouldn't have retired. Now, I understand she wanted to have a family and stuff like that. God bless her. You know, good luck with that. But I guarantee you, if she had a couple zeros extra, she might say, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'll have this kid, but I'm coming right yeah. back. You know yeah. what? You know what confuses me the most. Here's the following thing that confuses me the most. Okay, here's what's confusing the most. You know, how a lot of people take shots at uh, uh, UFC. You know, it's like UFC this, UFC that. Dana White this, Dana White that. Uh, would you say Dana White takes care of his number one guys? Like, does, oh does my he, God, yeah. do his number ones make money? Yeah. Yes. He's the number one. He's not making money. How the hell is he not making money? And I'm talking like he should make five, ten million a year. To be able to get the other guys to say, I want to be him. Yeah. How the hell does that even happen? Yeah. You got 16 different people in the history of Mr. Olympia that have won Mr. Olympia. 16. The last three years has been one person that's won it one, one, one. Anytime Mr. Olympia is winning one at a time, there is no legacy. There is no excitement. Do you want to see like a stretch like, oh my gosh, I want to go see Yates. I want to go see Heath. I want to see Ronnie. I want to see Arnold. I want to see Haney. I want to legends. see, I want to see the, I want to see Cutler 4X. Like, right. damn, look at Cutler, right? When 212, it's like, dude, look at this stuff, right? When he's coming. Right, right. I want to see that. How does, how do number ones, why is it so many guys that are number ones from Mr. Olympia? How come, how come, how come they don't have money? I don't get that. So, so the whole thing where they say Dana treats his athletes like he owns them, Mr. Olympia, 
treat their ad- athletes like they own them, and it's purely now. This is me. My you, you, this is not his position. This is my position. He disagrees with me, and he'll say he'll defend the brand because the brand has changed his life in a many ways. This is me saying this. He this is not his position. Anybody from Australia that's watching this, PBD is saying this. He's not saying this, but I see it, and I talk to a lot of the guys who are bodybuilders who are winners, and I say, how do they treat you? I've never heard anybody say they treat me royally. How the hell is that possible? Everybody's like walking on eggshells. Pay the damn number one guy. What are you doing? And how what many you, interviews have you done with the top dude, bodybuilders? You, we have, we have the most inter, most yeah. views on bodybuilding ever on all of it. And, and I've only done like 10 of them. I stopped doing them eventually. I'm like, I'm done with this. But I tell you, if the right ownership, ownership ran Mr. Olympia, Look what would happen to those bodybuilders. They need a Dana White type, if, is what you're saying? They need Teddy Moscow, bro. Pers- Say that, man. It's Say a that person who understands man. what... You have to go out and address all the criticism. I wouldn't be running it in the... The way I would run the model is a very different way than I run my insurance company. It's a very different way. It would be a... I don't even want to say... I don't want to give the ideas. Why I would, would think, I give the ideas? Well, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one major thing. I'm not going to do it. I'll tell you one That's major thing. That's heated up. Yeah, we got let's go. Finish, Athlete so. just needs to be asked one question: What do you want? That's it. Notebook. I think. Baby. I think if I, I feel think like that's someone, like the, the notebook right there. What do someone, you want? I think. Yeah. If someone said, "What do you want, Phil?" and just sat back and listened, yeah, didn't, and then you know. A lot of athletes are conditioned to not even like know what to ask mm. because they haven't been asked those questions. I think at the end of the day, you want like, for instance, um. You know, I never won an Arnold Classic Columbus, Ohio trophy, yeah. right? Yeah. I did the Arnold Classic in Europe. So the, one of the promoters was like, Phil, you got to do this show. You got to do this show yeah. for me, for you. Okay. You're going to pay me to show up? He was like, what? I said, you know, when Tiger Woods goes yeah, to the PGA, Phil like, Heath, yeah. when okay. Tiger Woods goes to one of these invitationals, because this is an invitational, you, you pay for his flight, his hotel, yeah. his everything. You give him a f- signing fee. What are you going to do for me? And you know what he says? There won't be any money. Is it all about the money, Phil? I said, that's funny because you flew here on private and I'm flying here on business. You flew here on private to Australia. Are you nuts? <laughs> so the lack of recruitment is what I'm saying. Like, oh, we, buddy. I cannot stand that shit. You should say whatever you want. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if I say... I want one of those cars right there. I want that Mercedes. And you say, here, drive mine for the day, and I'll get you one next week. You don't think that I'm going to train my ass off even more and more and more and more and more? So I think, you know, if they don't offer anything, if they don't dangle a carrot in addition to the trophy, um, you're you're not going to get the athletes to stay motivated, and you're not going to – and when I say this, I, I say this with all sincerity – you're going to have bodybuilders that are going to focus more on being influencers than competitors. We don't need that. We don't need more influencers. In we our want lives. the we best. Need less influencers. I want to see the best on stage be focused just on the show yeah. because that's what I did. So, what's the carrot right now? Just a trophy? Yeah. Cover of a magazine, maybe? There won't there's, be any There's no covers of magazines. Right. So, therefore, I mean, the average bodybuilder is having to rely on sponsorship because the shows don't pay enough. Now, I, I definitely feel like um, the shows could. You know, I, I just feel like, you know, for the Olympia, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation that needs to happen. I think for the Arnold Classic, there needs to be a lot of conversation. And at the end of the day, all they have to do is just sit us down. You know, if someone wanted me to do one of the shows, right, mm-hmm. have they called? When just I said last you, time, I said my, my phone's on. You think anyone called? They didn't. Because sometimes 
they don't want power to the player. But I think what happened with UFC when Conor McGregor raised all hell, called Dana White out and all this other stuff and said, you know, I'll go back to England. I'll, I'll be nobody again. You don't think they had a conversation? They not only had a conversation, they probably asked him what he wanted. And if he didn't know, he's like, well, I have an idea for you. We'll get you your own liquor or this and that and the other. Next thing you know, you're doing that. You're doing this. You're doing that. Now he's walking around with that strut, you know, doing his thing. That's actually what happened with Habib as well. When Habib wanted to retire, Dana White said, well, hold on. Let's have a conversation. Whoa, 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 whoa. David. Nice That's David it, right there. There you go. Nice drop in, David. Yeah, you know. But right, I think man. you were talking trash about the producer. But how much? Bad, but how much money did they back. make? Right? Hey, okay. Now, right? You, listen. Rule of thumb of business: take care of your number ones, and they don't take care of their number ones. Listen. The way I judge you, uh, you judge a uh, man by the way he treats his wife, who's a good wife. You treat a, you judge a woman by the way she treats her husband, who's a good husband, who does his part, who does her part. You ju- judge a. Mm-hmm. Parent, by the way, they treat you judge who's a p- kid that's doing his part. You judge kids based on how they take care of their mom and dad who did their part. I'm not going to judge a kid whose mom or dad is a deadbeat. I'm not going to sit there and tell. But if a dad is doing their part, listen, man, you better take care of this kid. You know what he did for you? You know what you're – you judge a great business based on how they treat their superstars. Not stars. Yes, stars. But superstars. NBA takes care of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As 100%. much as I disagree, yep. it's their job. Yep. MLB takes care of this new guy who is the first-time all-star oh, both amazing. sides. Mm. Who's, they take care of Mike Trout. They take care of Ichiban. these guys. The, and why not? Mr. Olympia. Is, what? by What's the, way, the downside? I'm telling you, it's the only sport that I see that they don't take care of the number one. It's I'm not a good look. look. It's, yeah, it's, it's the last so. thing you want is one of the greatest sports sportsmen ever in your sport to even be remotely be... Talking trash about your sport. I'm it, not saying that's what you're doing. I mean, no, you I, want, I want. I want. Yeah, I want. I'm doing that. But I'm telling you what I am saying is I want all athletes, men, women, all categories, to be able to say I'm a pro and I make a pretty good living. Yeah. All pros. If you're top ten in the world at anything, I think you should still be able. Because won't that motivate the bro, number 15, absolutely. 20, bro, 100 person out team. there? I may be the next Phil Heath, not uh, the person. Anyways, let's let's the, the most ever after this. The, <laughs> most I ever made in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Most I ever made was two thousand dollars a month. And they and that was what ten years ago. And you were hitting dingers. I could hit a little bit. The Baltimore freaking Orioles, their double A team. Most of those guys are are a are a back spasm away from the big leagues. They didn't put them up in housing. These guys are still making nineteen hundred bucks, and they defaulted on the team housing. These guys were sleeping in their cars to play minor league baseball. You understand what I'm saying? Wait, 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 and now people don't want college athletes to get paid. People don't Stop. want in yeah. baseball. Just to go back to what we we're saying, if you don't if you don't get drafted out of high school or if you decide to go to college, yeah. you're not eligible for three years. Same NFL rule. Then whatever team drafts you, which by the way, don't even get me started on the draft. The draft is the most evil thing in the world on all sports. We make a spectacle out of it. The draft is evil. It's an evil thing in every sport that you don't get to choose who you play for and your entire brand is dependent on being picked by somebody that knows what to do with you in your career. We call these guys busts. These guys aren't busts. They're victims, most of them. But that's a whole whole different thing. And that's why the Baltimore Orioles, the last time they won a World Series was 83. Three years of college, okay? Five years in the minors before you're a free agent. Eight years before you have any autonomy over your career. Imagine you coming out. Imagine you coming out in any other industry. 
in any other industry, you want to be a financial advisor, you want to be a, a computer engineer, and Microsoft says, nah, you got to come work for us, and this is what you have to make, and you don't get to decide anything about it for five years. And mm -hmm. if you have a problem with it, well, there's somebody that wants to be a computer engineer. Show your gratitude. Be grateful. And then they wonder why these guys milk every single penny. Fans want them to get th their guys to give them a hometown discount. Sorry, bruh. Every single mm -hmm. dollar. Whoever wants me, I get. The entire game is getting to the second contract, and then that's that. That's that, man. If you get to the second contract, it's the same thing with guys guys who, who would do whatever they had to do, guys who juiced the guy, and everybody was like, these guys are cheaters. I never felt bad about those guys even once. Matter of fact, I was like, you know what, good for them. I didn't have the balls to do it. I was afraid that if I got caught juicing, they'd go back to all my college stats, and they'd be like, this guy's been juicing since college. All those records, that's garbage. It's player of the year, garbage. It's all it's all been. And yeah. I, so I never did it because I was worried about legacy instead of by worried way, about getting that contract. That, by the way, that's another conversation that I would, I would address that conversation front and center, legalize juicing. Listen, and let me explain to what I mean by legalize. Not because it's legal already anyways. It's not people want to get their hands on it. They're going to be able to get their hands on it. But if you're talking about legalizing, the whole libertarian argument, you want to use it? Use it. You think it makes you better? Like you, Chad Nichols said it best. He said, look, I can use everything and anything out there. I'm still not going to win Mr. Olympia. Some people think just because you take stuff, you're going to go out there and win. Yeah. You think just because you take steroids, you're going to be able to hit 74 bombers? I <laughs> dare you to do it. Go do yeah. it. Go yeah. be Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead and yeah, do it. Go good. see if you can pull you're it You're basically up. saying do what you, what you want with your body but, but no matter the, what, whatever the, the But the point I'm trying to make, it doesn't necessarily help in all sports. You know, in some sports, if you don't do it, you're going to destroy yourself. In football, like, you don't think guys, you don't think LeBron's using GH? You, you seriously look at that it's physique and you don't think the he's allegation using there, Patrick. Wait, 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 no, no. wait a minute, though. Do you actually think a guy at that level who's saying I spend $1.5 million taking care of my body every year, you don't think he is using stuff that's... Do I think a 265-pound man who somehow has gained muscle mass over 20 yeah. years while he runs five miles a night and has a receding hairline is taking steroids? Yeah. Whoa, no, it doesn't whoa, whoa, make whoa, any why, sense. Why do you got to go after his hairline, bro? Let, let's stick to the facts Look, here. But here's <laughs> the point. The point that. By the way, the point, Bosley, the, LeBron point, Bosley. the point I'm trying to make to you is my argument today, a lot of people are looking to say, did Pat just say legalize steroids? Bro, prohibition, marijuana, mm -hmm. what else you want to go with? Okay, gambling casinos was illegal. People said there's no way. You know what's going to be attracted to casinos? You ever been to crime, Vegas? Crime. All this stuff that you're talking about. It's let the man make a choice. If it makes you better and you got the advantage, competitive advantage, but if mm -hmm. I can use it and you can use it, hey, it's, mm -hmm. it's legal. Yeah. But if I can't, no problem. Right now it's just incentivizing people that are willing to break the rules. The, and of, that's yeah. the part. Like Sammy said something. You want to take, take the guns away from good people? I will always have guns. Yeah. He says, I, Sammy the Bull Gravano, will always have a gun. Take it away from us. I'll always have it. I want to transition to Carlos Mencia. I, want to transition yeah, I think to what Carlos you're saying Mencia. is let the man choose. Choice. What are your man. thoughts on it, though? Real quick. You well, see, look you at his physique. Disagree. Are you talking? Like, he's straight up on <laughs> GH and everything. I mean, that's what Adam's I do, like, bro. That's what I do. <laughs> I just think people should be able to, hey, 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 hey. Oh, 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 oh. I gave him a flashback Carlos for the Boy Mencia. Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we we get better touch on the Boy Scouts. Will. I know it's important Because I know he was you. touched. Hey, you let's want to touch on the Joe, Boy Scouts. Joe, yeah. Joe. Short clip. We're going we're to open Short up your, clip. a can of worms into your world. Joe, guys, we got uh, 19 minutes to three stories. Joe Rogan, a cancel culture critic called out by Carlos Mencia for canceling him. Ugh. The rap uh, news. 
it is ironic that a guy who is now saying you shouldn't cancel anybody at least started the building of his podcast by canceling me. Comedian Carlos Mencia says, in 2007, Rogan stepped on the comedy store stage to confront Carlos Mencia about allegations of the latter stealing jokes from other comedians in front of the club audience. Brian Redband, Rogan's friend and eventual podcast co-host, filmed the incident. Initially, Rogan suffered, according to the New York Times, the comedy store banned Rogan from the club and a comedian's agency dropped him. However, according to the article, Rogan has posted the clips online and had edited them together with the footage of Mencia performing jokes alongside with other comedians, telling similar versions of the jokes. The video went viral, ruining Mencia's career and reputation more and more with each click. I had Mencia on, I interviewed him, we sat down and I told him, I said, why don't you go out there and go put a tweet out and say, do you think I should go on Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan, why don't we do it? Mm -hmm. The interview was done, I think, a year and a half ago, two years ago maybe. Mm -hmm. Never happened, hasn't happened till today. And he keeps going back to the same place. You both are in this world. This is your space. Mm-hmm. What do you say about what Carlos is saying? I'm going to go to you first, Gerald. Okay. Well, you know my opinion because we had a conversation, right? So, listen. First of all, let's let's discuss what cancel culture is. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture is not calling out somebody for deplorable behavior. Cancel culture is trying to bully society into a belief system. Cancel culture is it's actually this actually this thing called cultural hegemony. It comes from the Frankfurt School. It's it's Antonio Gramsci. It, there's a real thing that cancel culture is, and it's try it, it, it. The idea is to destabilize any sort of opposition to Marxist ideas. So that's what the quote unquote cancel culture is. It's cultural hegemony. All right, having an opinion on somebody doing something awful is not cancel culture. So one Ned Furness, who uh, is Carlos Mencia's real name is trying to use this term, cancel culture, which is a legitimately, in my opinion, evil political tool. It's a manipulation tool. It's gaslighting. It's it's cultural bullying. All right, It's a witch hunt that is here to shut up opposition to political ideals. That's what cancel culture is. Being called out for stealing Ari Schaefer and Bobby Lee's material when you are the biggest act in the world by somebody who, who doesn't have the clout that you have is balls. Joe Rogan had balls. What Joe Rogan did is he put his entire career on the line. People may not know this now. Joe Rogan was on a downswing in his career. They had tried to transfer uh, they had tried to transfer him into a movie star and he bombed. He didn't make the transition from TV to the movies. He bombed. UFC hadn't started yet and his he hadn't reinvented himself as this, you know, He was kind doing of, Fear Factor, he was doing news radio. And he, he wasn't yeah, able he to got, make it but to the after movies, after yeah. news radio, he did Fear Factor. He hated Fear Factor, so he left Fear Factor, wanted to do movies, the movies bombed. He's going early at the comedy store. I've played the comedy store. If any people don't know, it, it it's the mecca of comedy. It's unbelievable playing any rooms there it's just such an awesome thing to be a part of it's it's like getting in at bat at yankee stadium right carlos mencia closed the place out every night he was the biggest act in the world he's the guy comedy central gave the Chappelle show to right okay they he, he so what imagine a nobody comic all right i'm trying to think of something that would make sense today for people that don't know what happened it would be like i don't know like um it would be like Andy Dick almost walking on stage to Dave Chappelle and calling out Dave Chappelle for stealing other people's material because the other people were like, what am I supposed to do? He's Dave Chappelle. Nobody's going to believe me. 
And that's what Mencia did. Because not only did Mencia steal the material, but then he had the people whose material he was stealing fired. He had them taken off the stage at the store. So it wasn't enough that he took their act. Yeah. He then killed their career. This dude is like, it's about as evil as you could be in the comedy industry. Now his whole point is, well people did this for years. People people always did this. Robin Williams stole jokes, right? But we didn't have the, we didn't have the material on tape. We didn't have the material on tape. This is something that white comics were accused of stealing black comic stuff. For years, they were accused of stealing, like, Red Fox. Richard Pryor would talk about it, and, and uh, um, who just died? Uh, Paul Mooney would talk about this all the time at Caroline's. He'd say, like, oh, this joke is X, Y, Z. There is parallel thinking, which is a real thing. There's only so many jokes. There's only so many premises, all right? And how you put those two things together is yours. Your material is yours, and there's a lot of crossover in comedy. There's only seven stories. This man was stealing people's stuff. This is no different than this guy coming in. This is our work. My material is my work. It's I your currency. It. It's your no words are your currency. If you had an auto dealership, and then the biggest auto dealership in the world came and just took your cars, and you're just supposed to be like, I don't know, what am I supposed to do? No, you have to, you have to be like, bro. What Rogan did was valiant. It was not cancel culture. And the fact that he's he he is still this many years later trying to equate those two things yeah. tells you exactly who this person is. Of course, he's going to use the word cancel culture because that's you know the it's word trendy. of the moment right now. But basically, he got exposed. Mm -hmm. He got exposed. Yep. Exposed is the word that happened. Absolutely. You were doing something wrong, and someone said, had the balls, like you said, to be like, ah, I don't know about all this. Because you saw what happened to Rogan. His agency fired oh, him. Yeah. He got kicked off gigs. He wasn't doing anything more. And then he put the clips out there, and people were like, you know what? Rogan was actually right here. He exposed him. It's not any different than like what Ed Edward Snowden did for the NSA, and he yeah. exposed what the hell was going on. Yeah. So, you know, you, you run the... Uh, to run the risk of getting literally like Rogan could have got canceled. He no was doubt. canceled he by was. his agency. He was. Exactly. He was canceled. The ironic part is that he exposed Ned or, or Carlos, however you want to call him, and the market took over and yep. said, No, we're actually with Joe Rogan on this. This actually goes and back to what Pat said earlier about bad how ideas. bad ideas get exactly. exposed. Kai, Kai Green is watching a podcast. He just joined us. Kai, I got a simple question for you, man. Are you competing in 2021? Mr. Olympia, and if you missed some of the ideas I had a few minutes ago and you watch this uh, mm -hmm. rerun of the podcast, go to hour 25, hour 23, and watch it for a few minutes. By the way, if you can call him now, we'll get him on. If he wants to call you, we'll, we'll dial him in. Wow. But, but I just texted Carlos Mencia, okay? And just now? I just Right there. I just texted doing, Carlos, Carlos Mencia. So if, if you're watching this, if you're watching this, Carlos... I want to bring you back and let's sit down on the podcast and let's talk about this. It's been a couple years. Here's here's what I'm a big fan of. And this there's opportunities in in life. Because to me, if you were to name a country, the greatest country in the world for redemption, what would you say is the greatest USA, baby. This is the greatest country in the world for redemption. And by the way, yeah. is it fair to say that all of us need they are grateful the fact that there is this concept of redemption in this great country. Everybody at this table. Everybody at this table. Okay. So I'm all for redemption. But the part that is frustrating is not capitalizing on the opportunities you have to redeem yourself and you keep be authentic, Pat. Yeah. You keep yeah. digging. So, yeah. folks, if you're watching this, if you'd like to see Carlos come on, I've interviewed Carlos Messi on the Vitamin channel. If you haven't found it, if you go type in Vitamin. And Ben David and Mencia, you'll see the interview. It's pretty entertaining to watch. Probably one of my favorite interviews 
Uh, you'll see a lot uh, uh, there. But uh, if you'd like to see Carlos join us on the podcast, not interview, send him a tweet, hashtag PBD with David, and I'll uh, let's let's if other people want to see that, we'll invite him. If this is something that you would be interested to see Carlos come here, tell us on Twitter. If not, totally get it. But if you do, go on Twitter and let us know for if you want to see him. For any young comics that yes. are watching, if there are any young comics or anybody wanting to be yes. a comic, okay, this is. Something Lenny Marcus told me. Lenny Marcus, if you don't know who he is, very, 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 very funny, funny, funny comic. He, he's a 25-year vet. He's a curmudgeon. Uh, uh, name dropping. I, I was at uh, Stand Up New York doing a show with him and Todd Barry, who's got a, a stadium tour now, one of the funniest dudes of all time. And they both said the same thing. Cost 25 bucks. Copyright your jokes. Because one of the bigger mm-hmm. things that happens, one of the bigger things I was actually going to ask you that, if that's even possible. Copyright your jokes. And one of the biggest thing that happens is, isn't what Carlos Mencia did. Carlos Mencia, the biggest thing with Carlos Mencia is that he, it wasn't that he stole the jokes. It's that he, he tried to ruin these guys' career. Instead of being like, bro, I'll give you a writing credit and I'll elevate you. Look, what do you need? You need 500 bucks? Here's 500 bucks, all right, and a writing credit. I need this joke. All right, I'm rich now. Rich right. people aren't funny. I don't connect with the common man anymore. <laughs> rich okay? people aren't funny. All right, the, here's the deal. This is what you got. Elon don't. Musk is pretty funny. Bro. No, that, they, they are funny. Seinfeld's going to have a bone to pick with you there, homie. Well, they're, they're very funny. I, I'm just okay. saying, that that's the, that's the idea. The idea that comics have, especially when they've come from the streets, is that once I make that's it, why, I'm no longer Yeah, relatable. that's why Jimmy Fox always has like some leaky faucet in his house. Yeah. Something that like the every man, he's like, I don't want my house to be perfect. <laughs> well, Ellen. I want some weird shit happening in my house. The smoke detector beeping. Exactly. Something <laughs> in Ellen's on. last special, she addressed yeah. it and it was perfect. She was like, they said, you're a billion, you're a billion, yeah. uh, you're a billionaire with a daytime show. You can't, you can't uh, identify with the common person anymore. And I told my butler that was ridiculous. Like it was a great line, you know. Just that's throw why it out PVD there. always has a broken TV in his house. He keeps a big crack in the middle of his TV. <laughs> but the bigger thing than what Carlos Mencia did, it's a huge, huge problem in New York. Is advertising agencies will go to a comedy show and there'll be these people who work in marketing and there'll be copywriters and they'll see a joke and they'll be like, wow, that's going to be great on State Farm and they will just completely Ooh. steal a bit and Ooh. it'll wind up in a commercial. By the way, if you're, watching, the time. If, if, if you're watching this and you'd like to see Carlos Mencia join us on the podcast, mm-hmm. smash thumbs up and subscribe to our podcast. This is not value team and this is a complete different channel that we have. Subscribe and click on that notification because many people tell me when, when we go live, they don't get notifications. Make sure you do that. Last story before we wrap up. Last story before we wrap up. Boy Scouts reach $850 million oh settlement with tens of thousands of sexual abuse victims. This is an NBC News story. Tens of thousands of people who say they were sexually abused while scouts and filed suits against the Boy Scouts of America have reached an $850 million settlement, the largest in a child sexual abuse case in the United States history. More than 84,000 people were part of a lawsuit against a 110-year-old organization, which has been plagued with claims of abuse from volunteers and leaders since the 1960s. The Boy Scouts of America filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy last year and its faces mounting legal costs to defend itself against claims of sexual abuse against boys. Boy Scouts leadership has insisted that scouting is safer now than ever before. 90% of claims against the organization occurred more than 30 years ago. Okay, thoughts? Since you were part of it, what do you have to say about this? You know, this? man, it's, it's a shame, dude. It's such a shame because the, the Boy Scouts was a lot of fun, and it's something that, you know, we should all be learning. We should be learning these survival skills. We should be learning camping. We should be learning this stuff. And community is so important, man. And it, I feel similar to the Catholic Church. I grew up Catholic, and 
it, my whole family's still Catholic, and I, I just, it was, look, man, it was an unforgivable, th- it was an unforgivable thing for me what happened with the Catholic Church. It was unforgivable, their response to it. And now it's coming out with, it's very obvious that this has been a problem for decades. Decades, That dude. they've been trying to hide. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's, the cover-up is worse than the crime, man. Like, you know, the, the if there's a pedof- if there's pedophiles in your ranks, root them out and be obvious about it and say, we found this, we apologize, my God, it, it can't get worse than this, and we're going to do everything we possibly can do to make sure that, that we're not fostering an environment for these people in the future. But instead, like, paying people to go away and spending 30 years trying to cover this stuff up and, like, Who's trying going to, to jail? Dude. Who's going to freaking jail? Mm. Not one freaking face. I go online, I look this up. Not one effing guy and... Go online, look at this up, people. Um, they're putting like a cap on when you can come out with your story as well. So like if you meet, don't hit that deadline. The statute of, your, of limitations. Right. Yeah. And then my question, Pat, like you run into people, dude. You know, with the insurance, how are they going to survive with the liability insurance moving forward? Mm-hmm. Because I would assume that like <laughs> that money is uh, not coming. Yeah, you know, to these people. I mean, I would be very surprised, but I, I mean, anyone that has been a- abused, I mean, yeah, money. I guess th- that'll help, but not really. Oh yeah, you need convictions, man. Like we need to see like mother effers going to jail, mm-hmm. dude. Like not mm-hmm. one person that I read about is like, oh yeah, this person is held accountable. I think we need accountability in this world. That that's a good point. But he, here's what I will say. Do you have any comments on this or no? I mean, I got a lot of comments on this because go, uh, go for it. look, I I was never part of the Boy Scouts. Uh, I remember it's it's ironic here. This says the this occurred more than thirty years ago. I remember being ten years old, forty, and ten years ago I get brought out in the middle of summer, uh, summer camp, Boy Scout camp. One day, my buddy, one of my best friends, is like, "Oh, we're gonna be Boy Scouts." I got out there, and you know, just when something you know Ain't just right. doesn't feel right, mm. I'm out there. It's sweaty as hell. People are talking about sleeping in tents. I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. Some weird shit was happening. I just felt it. I, I just, I said, you know what? I'm going to go play some ball, play some football, basketball. The Boy Scouts always felt weird to me. I don't know. I, I don't know how you made it out alive between being Boy Scouts and the Catholic Church. Thank God that you're I, I was a, I was a chubby kid. I wasn't very popular. <laughs> you weren't a hot kid, bro. Yeah, you a, always yeah. wondered, yeah. why not me? Yeah. Why not me? Yeah. But, yeah. you know. Short, maybe cl- you, short you, clip. Short you, clip. You didn't have what it took. <laughs> When you were 10 years old. To well, be it's a, been nice being on this podcast yes, exactly. that will never this be able to be aired again. And, Sorry, uh, bro. <laughs> I just, the Boy Scouts to me always felt creepy and weird and sleepovers. And it just validates yeah. like the weirdness that was going on. Tens of thousands of kids were molested. Dude, it, this it, is like a worst cover than the it, it, was, it was the worst in kept America. secret. Worst kept secret. It's ridiculous. They used to make fun of this on Family Guy. And you're doing sleepovers. Fun of it on family you're doing guy, sleepovers like, in tents and this is acceptable? Yeah, dude. This is so beyond the... So, so, and I get that there's good parts of it. You know, you, you learn no, how to no, build no, a no, fire. No, 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 no. No, dude. Look, Scout's I'm, honor. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, but I am in no way defending them. And this is my own family. My own family, I've we we've just had. You can't talk about it anymore. I, I mm-hmm. was raised very strict Irish Catholic, and it's like they, that's their immediate go to. Well, the good outweighs the bad. The Catholic Church does more good, and I'm like, no, absolutely not. That's not what we're doing here. Yeah. We're not justifying. We're not equivocating. No, no, no. no. This is bad, and there's and there's no answer for the bad yeah. except to get rid of let the me, bad. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Memberships have declined 61% since 2019. Yeah. Let me say that one more time. 61% since They tried 2019. to open it up to girls. That was their response. Like, well, five, yeah. didn't three years ago they try to open it up to but, women? But here's the question for you. Here's the question for you. 
So, so take so at this point, are these guys going to make it or no? No. Okay, so let's just say Boy Scouts goes but out. But what happens with the Girl Scouts? I want to know. Anyway, he, hear me out. By the Girl Scout, that's a whole different business model that we'll talk about here. But say, say they go out of business. They're done. Okay. What or, do you send your boys to, to go learn how to, you know, learn the principles of what it is to, there's a lot of, our kids, I went to Boy Scouts, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, with Tico and Dylan, when they said, "Oh, you, you need if they sleep over for this many nights, they get a badge." I said, "I really don't give a shit about the badge." Yeah, I can tell you, I'm not do no sleepover with it. It's, yeah. They're, they're going to be sleeping over at my house. But they get to, but they get to meet on. Michael Jackson. No, but we went and we, we <laughs> shot. They shot rifles. King they, of pop. Sh- they shot rifles. They shot a few different things. Yeah. It was like slingshots. It was actually a good experience. It I enjoyed good. it for the day that I was with them. So yeah. accountability is on a few different things. There's a level of accountability on the people that took advantage. There's a level of accountability on the parents that were not watching us and saying, hey, just go out there and like the kid, the, the guy that was giving you his son for three hours a day and you're teaching him how to hit the baseball. I was like, yeah, I'm just pretty, pretty much a glorified expensive babysitter is what you mm-hmm. were, right? Mm-hmm. So the parents are like, ah, you know, whatever, go do whatever you want to do with my kids. There's a level of accountability on the parents, right? There's so organization, leadership at the top is where it goes because you look, if it's 84,000, it's not like it's 22. Yeah, no. It's yeah. not like it's 88. It's 84,000 cases we're talking about. Now, here's the other part. Check this out. Members of the Boy Scouts over the year, Buzz Aldrin, Neil, Neil uh, 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 Armstrong, Neil Armstrong, Bill Gates, Hank Aaron, Willie Banks, Josh Hart, Michael Jordan, the Michael Jordan, Tommy Lasorda, uh, uh, Nolan Ryan, Mark Spitz, Steve Young, uh, 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 the list goes on, Martin Luther King Jr., the MLK, John Bon Jovi, Jimmy Buffett, Harrison Ford, Zach Galifianakis, that's where they screwed up. Okay, so you got Andy Griffith, okay? Jay Leno, okay? This thing, I can go on, but Chris Pratt, and Mike Rowe, Steven Spielberg, Jimmy too, right? Stewart, John Wayne, Michael Bloomberg, okay? George W. Bush, A Bill lot of winners. Clinton, Gerald Ford, wow. you want me to get John F. Kennedy, Ross Perot, mm. Jeff Sessions. I, mean, I can go on and on and on and on. Charity, and on. Sam community, self, in self-preservation. Every, and by the there's way, good things th- that th- they were teaching. I had a guy that I work in the insurance industry who's an Eagle Scout. He tells me, go go meet an Eagle Scout. See Free college. Hire them. Free college. Hire Eagle Scouts if you yeah. can find them. The, the problem with this is, this is such terrible. 61% since 2019 yeah. to do that. That is not good. I have but an easy solution. To, no sleepover. Well, do per- your stuff during the day. Do your your shooting. What do you do? Do man? your you know help help old lady you cross the street. That, you think no kids sleep don't get touched during the day though? I mean, yeah, I, mean, on, I just think it's the Pareto principle, right? Listen, I mean, like I, I don't know who it was, but they said the freaks come out at night. First so, of all, a, a, I think that was a, a sergeant in the army once told me, "Hey, rule of thumb: never have a girl in your barracks from the army without another person watching. Where it's just like the door's always got to yeah. be open. Just don't do it." Because one of our guys came out, and this girl came out. He didn't want to be with her. He just, she came out, and she said, you know, he took advantage of me. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, I promise you I was just sitting there with him because mm-hmm. he had no interest in her. She later on says, nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. I just, he lost rank. Yeah. Nothing ever happened. So I think there's a part of it where the only way they can do sleepover is if a parent accompanies them. If not, we're not doing it. There's certain systems you can do. All I'm saying is. There's still, you gotta still have, an, like this whole thing with lawsuits where kids were falling off of a, a, at parks and breaking bones and t- lawyers were suing them and then cities started getting rid of their parks and you got kids that cannot play. There is a negative ramifications to this as well. You definitely gotta fire the entire leadership team Dude, if you're gonna recreate you're this You're system. huge on, on predictive analytics, right? Like at some point we have to start looking at these 84, things. 000? We have to start wow, looking at these man. things and say, okay, yeah. Catholic Church, 
Boy Scouts. Okay, what yeah. what did they have in common, and what are we not investigating right now? Do they need a spokesperson, Pat? Oh, this is, listen, you got to bring somebody. Oh, yeah. Like is, an athlete, look, someone. Look at, look at what uh, the Houston Astros did. Look at what the Houston Astros Jared did. They brought, who did Houston Astros bring? Houston Astros brought who? They're so canceled. They brought, they brought Bobby Bonds. Houston Astros. Who did they bring to help them out with their uh, 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 Dusty reputation? Baker. Dusty, Dusty Baker, Baker, not Bobby Bonds. They brought Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker came in and was like, look, I understand what happened. We got to clean everybody. Everybody likes Dusty. Yeah, so you need a leader that comes in that America trust that America says, okay, let's see what this person Close it down, do. rebrand, start over. You kind of do need to do yeah. that. Close though. it down, there's rebrand, a, There's a lot, lot of problems. I agree Anyways. with you. Close it down, hey, rebrand, now you're not the Boy Scouts. said that, we've gone for two hours. Mm-hmm. It's been a fun podcast. We've covered a lot of different stories. And uh, we are we doing it again Thursday or no podcast this Thursday because out. we're out of town. So this Thursday, no podcast, but we'll be back, we'll be back next week. Yes. Hey, we didn't get Iggy Azalea, man. Oh, we didn't. But, you know, I got to go and jump on the Zoom here. But we can do that next week. But we will. We got, dude, I got five other stories I haven't gotten into. We'll definitely. We, we need to make this eventually three hours. We're not there yet right now, though. Having said that, folks, have a great week. And we will do this again next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.